Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big Brother 22 Roundtable Podcast. This is the first roundtable of Big Brother 22, and I'm very excited about it. This season, we're having two roundtables per week uh, because there's going to be so much to talk about and there's so much to discuss in the roundtable. And so I'm very, very excited. Uh, This is the podcast where we talk about everything from the live feeds. And in this one in particular, we'll be discussing the players legacies in this all-star season and in the legacy watch, which is something that I did for survivor winners at war. It's very fun. It's very interactive. The audience votes. Uh, so it's going to be a good time. I'm, of course, your host, Taryn Armstrong. And joining me this week, we have Phil. How you doing, Phil? What's going on, Taryn? This week has been crazy, but it's good to be here and talk about it. Yes. Uh, Phil is one of our new podcasters. Um, you were on to talk about David in the hypothetical series, correct? I was actually talking about Keisha. No, um, Keisha. Yeah. <laughs> I did 16 of those in a row. I am sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Well, it's a good thing you didn't say Kevin, but. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so Lavina is also joining us. How are you doing, Lavina? Hi, I'm good. I can't believe, I still can't believe we're here. We're talking about Big Brother, period, but we're also talking about all these people. So I'm super excited. Yes. And Lavina, I don't, I don't remember which one you talked about either. <laughs> What up, K-Sir? Yes, K-Sir. <laughs> you did that whole thing? <laughs> yes, Lavina joined us for K-Sir. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, also with us here is Nicole Maines, who plays Dreamer on the show Supergirl. How are you doing, Nicole? I'm doing so good. You know, it's eight months into the year and summer has finally started. <laughs> I'm so excited to be talking Big Brother. Yes. Um, La, Nicole and I played uh, Sequester together, uh, or um, almost did, um, <laughs> which is a game that Audrey Middleton from season 17 of Big Brother uh, runs. Um, and she is uh, wonderful. Uh, Lavina, also a player of Sequester, winner of Sequester, I believe. Um, <laughs> so, um, oh, this, I like it. <laughs> no, this is our roundtable for the night, and we're going to be talking about everything that we've been seeing on these feeds. And it's 
quite interesting what we've been able to see here. It's an all-star cast. The feed started uh, on night one, and there's been so much to just wade through. And so uh, what we have here is uh, we're going to try and help you sort of get the sense of what's been happening over the last three to four days um, in a more general sense than the updates which tend to be a little more granular, you know, day to day. We're going to try and give you the highlights, give you the story arc of the feeds from the time that uh, the last roundtable happened, which in this case was none because this is the first one. So uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about what we've been seeing so far. Um, Nicole, you've been you've been checking things out. You've been watching. Um, can you just tell me at first, like what what your history with Big Brother is? Yeah, so I probably started watching Big Brother when I was in middle school, um, which was around BB 13. Um, So I'm relatively new to it. Then I fell off for a little bit and then I came back on board around BB 16 and have kind of stuck with it regularly since then. So I'm not as familiar with a lot of the old school players, but like people like Devon, I mean, she's my queen. Mm. Um, So to see her in here is just fabulous. Me too. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, who have you been liking so far? What have What have your thoughts been? I've been really, really liking, um, of course, Devon and Kevin. Um, this is my first introduction to him, and I'm really loving him so far. Um, Janelle, loving. And then I, I didn't love Tyler as much on his season, but this season I'm kind of liking. Um, the game he's playing and I'm liking how many connections just immediately he has made throughout the house. We'll see mm-hmm. how many of those final two deals he's made. He actually carries through yes, on. That's that's but, the um, Danny approach. You you didn't mm-hmm. like him at first, but then you met him this season and you were like, oh, I guess he's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Phil, how have you been? Uh, how have you been enjoying it so far? Um, this is just crazy because like I started watching the show at around 16. I've seen all these seasons multiple times, but like I've never seen like Kaser on the feeds before. You know, I've never seen Keisha on the feeds before. So it's just super exciting to like get to meet these characters again, basically like like for the first time. You know, it's it's really crazy, but I'm having so much fun doing it. Yes. Uh, Lavina, any thoughts? Oh, I have a lot. I have too many. I'm glad I'm here to talk about them. But yeah, I feel the same as both of them. I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm seeing these people on my, like, I'm hearing their voices in my ear, especially Keisha um, is one because I didn't get to watch her on the feeds. Um, I watched her season multiple times. I had never got to see her on the feed, same as Phil. And it's just crazy to hear her voice. That's so distinct, like in my ear, in my, it's just crazy. I I'm super obsessed. It is really strange. Like, um, it, it has been so long. The first All-Star season was the first season that I really watched on the feeds, like, like dedicated watched on the feeds as a, mm-hmm. as a young child. Um, and so, like, I never really got this sort of sense of like, oh, it's all these different voices bringing me back. But like, every time I hear like Keisha's voice or, uh, or even Kevin's voice or Ian, like, I'm just brought back to like, uh, you know, what, like, m- what was happening when I watched them the for like what my life was like. Um, like it's so ingrained in me. Like you get, you watch them so much 
that it's like you, then then you just kind of forget about like all of those things. Um, and so hearing them on the feeds and seeing them, it really like reawakens those memories. Um, and I'm sure that's like a lot of what they're experiencing as well, going back into the house in a much more visceral way. Uh, you know, seeing the house, they, they talk about like it's kind of sort of smells the same. Um, <laughs> like uh, it's and it's a lot. I, I have to imagine it's uh, and some of them are struggling um, to a degree as well. Um, so it's been very, very interesting to see. Yeah, like I think that like when like like a player like Kevin, for example, from like season 11, like you look at his edit and you see like a certain type of outgoing, you know, type of person who's talking to everybody. But then when you look at Kevin in the house, he's the exact opposite of that. He seems to be a very like shy person and someone who's very closed off and having a hard time connecting with people. So it's for sure just interesting to see like this is a whole new person I've never met before, essentially, when you're not looking at the edit. <laughs> yes. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on in the house, because um, it's a lot. And again, we don't usually get night one feeds. And so uh, getting to see where these groups form and how these relationships form has been so fascinating to me. Uh, so much of it is just so, so random. It, it feels at times. Um, and there are so many people that are just kind of sitting around and waiting and thinking like, I'll play slowly. And there are a lot of people who are playing aggressively. Um, and I'm getting like further and further of the opinion that you kind of should be playing aggressively here. Uh, because if you don't, you're, you might miss out. Uh, um, and if you just because the people that are playing passively are basically just sitting back and waiting to get lucky. Um, and some of them are going to get lucky and some of them are going to be unlucky and they're going to be left out. And that's kind of what we're seeing here so far. Uh, as you guys saw in the premiere, Cody won the first HOH and he told Julie that he just wanted to do what the house wanted, an easy vote. And then hopefully nobody is going to, uh, you know, do anything, um, be able to retaliate in any way. Uh, uh, Lavina, how have you liked Cody's HOA train so far? This is the most like chaotic first HOH I've ever seen. I don't know if it's like um, because of the, the safety. Maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but maybe it's because of the safety that uh, two players received. I don't know if it's because of, you know, it's an all-star season. I don't know if it's the environment. It's just like tumultuous. Um, I'm as far as his game goes, I'm a little bit worried just because, you know, he I've seen a lot of tweets saying like, oh, everybody knows, you know, Cody's agenda. And I think that his um, his intent was to lay low, just like you said, and do what the house wants. Um, but I don't know if there was anything that the house wanted. Um, I think. If anything, it could have just been the majority that wanted, you know, a Janelle and Kaser nomination. But obviously, we're not seeing that. That's not going to happen. And um, I think lines are drawn, honestly. So I'm just a little bit overall worried for his game going forward. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, it's 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 weird because I think he came in and he was waiting for other people to make mistakes that he was yeah. like waiting for something to present itself to him and nothing has happened. And so he's just kind of like, I guess 
we should do this. So basically what has happened is that um, Cody and uh, Nicole Franzel, and we're referring to her as Franzel um, because there's two Nicoles. The other Nicole is just Nicole, um, but Nicole Franzel is Franzel. Um, (laughs) You you are Supergirl, I think. We're going to have to go with that. Um, And so... Uh, Franzel and Cody pretty quickly solidified the fact that they are a duo together um, privately, but most people are able to guess what's happening here. Um, and they basically were talking through nominations. Cody was initially thinking of targeting Kaser. Um, Kaser just gave him the a, a vibe that, uh, you know, like he didn't know him. He was surprised to see him. And uh, Kaser is uh, a very like, intense guy sometimes like he'll he'll talk to you in a very serious way and i love it um but i feel like cody was there was a disconnect there and so his idea was to target caser and to potentially put keisha on the block next to him mostly because he has no idea who keisha is he's never seen season 10 um and he's like i i, I don't know what is her name again keisha um yeah. so uh, i mean he called caser Kesar uh forever until friends corrected him so the initial idea was uh caser and keisha um but franzel was really pushing no if you're gonna to put Kaser up, you need to put Janelle up as well. And so for a little while, it was looking like Kaser and Janelle might go on the block, Nicole. Yeah, I mean, it looks like I think it's very interesting. And I think Franzel is playing a pretty smart move in pushing to get Janelle up or in, you know, hopefully would have gotten Janelle up on the block with Kaser. Um, because with her and Ian being the only two winners, I think it was a very, it would have been a very, very easy move to a safe move to just put two winners up. Um, you know, especially the first week you want to make as little, you know, as small a move as possible and you don't want to get as much blood on your hands and you can just kind of say, all right, well, both of you already got your prize money. Get out of here. Um, and I think Nicole was very, very smart in, well, of course, one having Cody on her team helps, but then I think pushing for the old school versus new school, um, divide only helps her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I agree. And, and it seemed like there was like a little bit of tension between Franzel and uh, and Janelle um, that Janelle doesn't seem to like Franzel very much. Um, and uh, and uh, so it, 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 it honestly, it makes sense as well. Right. Like, uh, Phil, like you put you put Kaser on the block. You can't not have Janelle next to him. It's like the the obvious clear target. And I definitely think a lot of that also just like with Janelle being a target has to do with Janelle's like social game. You know, she is like this big, like big, you know, lion perceived player. But at the same time, I don't think she has the social game to back it up. You know, like most of the time when she is talking to people, she's just talking about other people like she'll be just just be talking crap about Franzel behind her back um like to someone like Anthony or Nicole Anthony who would not like something like that so I definitely think that um you know Franzel I mean I definitely think sorry that Janelle um does not have the social bonds required so it is definitely an easy thing to just put her up right next to Kaser Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both they're both a, a pair. They're easy targets in that way. Um, they don't seem to have too many other connections. It kind of just made sense. But there's a wrench thrown into this um, a wrench called the safety suite. Um, the twist that was promised 
in the first episode uh, in the premiere. Um, the details are that every week for the first three weeks, you have the ability to choose to play in a safety competition. You can only play once in those three weeks. So you have three opportunities. And once you play once, you can't play again. So if you choose to play, then um, you will be competing against anybody else that chooses to play. And if you win, you win safety for the week. If you have that safety, you can then choose a plus one to also be safe for the week. But they have to go through some kind of punishment. This week, it's a silly star costume. Um, it may be something I love the costume. in future weeks. Um, Adele pulls it off. She pulls it off. She 100%. do. Yellow yeah. is her color. Um, <laughs> She's a summer. <laughs> uh, could, she, could she be a superhero in that costume, Nicole? You know what? I think she is a superhero. <laughs> I'm sure she is. is. <laughs> Uh, yes so what happened was Kaser and Janelle were feeling bad they were feeling like oh I'm nervous about the nominations rightfully so they both decided to play Kaser won the competition and he gave the safety to Janelle so they will both be here next week nobody else decided to play so everybody but Janelle and Kaser will be eligible to compete in the safety competition next week I will I would expect that uh, a lot more people will compete in that one because there's only two left and uh, if they don't compete in that one then they have to compete in the third one and if they compete in the third one that's when everyone's going to compete because it's the last one so uh, I'm guessing that there's going to be a decent amount that compete in the second one right Lavina? Yeah, I would say so. And also, it's just funny how um, going back to Janelle and Kaser deciding to compete, particularly Janelle, it's funny how she didn't it kind of took her a minute to realize that crap, these people might be targeting me and Kaser. And when I was watching the feeds and then they cut to have the competition, I was concerned. I was like, is she going to play? Like, I was like, am I the only one seeing this? Like, I was very concerned that she might not even play. And I'm glad that she did. <laughs> glad that Kaser did as well. Yeah. That's definitely going to be like a big segment on the episode of like, yeah. oh, should I play? I don't even think I should play. Oh, no, she's not going to play. What are we going to yeah. do? Uh, it's going to be uh, going to be um, like, oh, they're going to try to trick us. I can for sure see like the Davon DRs where she's like, they don't have to play like they don't need to play. And then mm-hmm. obviously it is the right move for them yeah. to play because they shouldn't they, they can't go home week one. They need more time to set up their yeah. social game. Right. Mm. Yeah. I was surprised how much time Davon has spent kind of on the outs of everything that's been going on. I feel yeah. like generally on her season, she was pretty in the loop. Um, yeah. Going on her first season, she was included in the big alliance that formed uh, week one. Of course, it blew up very quickly, but she was included uh, yeah. in her second Points season. Yeah, she was also included in the big alliance that was started week one um, and then was also included in some of the subsequent split apart alliances mm-hmm. after that. Uh, this uh, this week so far, the last few days, she has been a little bit more reserved. She says that she wants to uh, take it a little slower this time um but more interestingly to me uh she's known for her perception her reads on situations and 
uh, her reads this season so far have been very off. Um, like, uh, like she's got like a bend in her antenna or something, uh, because she really didn't think that, uh, that Janelle and Kaser needed or should have played in the safety competition. And she also, um, was at least briefly of the opinion that Tyler and Janelle were, uh, secret masterminds orchestrating Cody's HOH. Right. And it's funny because, it wasn't even it wasn't even just Devon who was like, oh, well, they really didn't need to do that. They kind of, you know, they they've established the fact that they're a duo. And a lot of people were saying the same thing, including Nicole Franzel and Cody himself. They were like, they probably shouldn't have done that because now they're definitely a duo. And like you're putting them up anyway as a duo. So, yeah. Whether um, or not they were a duo going into it, everyone targeting them together kind of makes them a duo. So. Right. You know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, So uh, with Kaser and Janelle safe, Cody has to choose new nominees. Um, He is going to talk with Franzel again and ultimately decide on Keisha, who he was planning on nominating anyway. Um, And just kind of randomly throws out Kevin as another option. Just he hasn't talked to Kevin that much. He doesn't really know Kevin very well um, from his season. And it doesn't seem like it would make anybody particularly angry. So he feels like Kevin is a decent person to just put up next to Keisha so that probably Keisha will go home. Basically, Cody is just trying not to make waves here, Phil. Yeah, I think like that is the weirdest part about this whole HOH. It feels like he had no real plan. The only thing that he wanted was like, he was like, oh, I don't trust Kesar, so I guess I'll put him up. But after that backfired, I don't know, like he seemed like after he nominated them, you know, he had a genuine conversation with Kevin and he had a genuine conversation with Keisha. And I feel like, you know, they both would be willing to work with Cody. And so I feel like Cody kind of has no real plan. He just, like you were saying, he just does not want to rock the boat at all. Um, but I do not think that, um, you know, he's really setting himself up for the rest of the game. Yeah, well, I feel like as far as, you know, he didn't want to rock the boat. I don't know if putting up Kevin after that whole long, like, it wasn't really a heart to heart. It was more like a heart to Cody yeah. um, <laughs> that, that Kevin had. Um, I think putting him up after that may or may not have. <coughs> I, it will be interesting to see because, of course, Kevin was like, oh, no hard feelings. But, um, you know, we'll see. If someone put me up after, you know, we, I had a whole long conversation after them, I'd feel the type of way. Right. And he definitely felt guilty about it, too. Obviously, we saw him like that picture of him, of him with, his, with his head in his hands. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm worried about Cody. Out. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a tricky spot. It's a tricky spot for Kevin. <clears throat> Kevin was trying uh, to get. <clears throat> Sorry, <laughs> Kevin was trying to get Cody uh, to not nominating him. Essentially. Um, he was trying to, like, offer Cody as much as he could. He kind of saw that he was in trouble. Um but he wasn't able to get to him in time. Again, a lot of these players have been very passive. Um, they've been kind of like waiting for things to happen. People are like worried about like saying too much. Um, <clears throat> how have you, uh, do you, have you gotten the same read, Lavina? I think so. I think that a lot of people are just comparing whatever t- last time, last couple of times that they've played to that 
this moment right now. I think Davon's doing a lot of that. You know, um, I think the only person who isn't really doing that is probably Danny, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, I think just a lot of people are comparing to their previous games and they're playing a little bit scared. Granted, it is the first week and maybe we're just not used to getting all of this information um, in this first week because we don't get feeds. But obviously, a lot of people are playing this passive game, including people like David, who don't really have anything to go off of their last game because he didn't have a game, unfortunately. So, I mean, today he was telling Davon that he's playing dumb. He's playing like a little newbie. So I guess we'll see. But for the most part, people are. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it does look like Keisha is probably the one in trouble here um, between herself and Kevin. Um <clears throat> There's uh, a lot of people who feel good about Kevin. He has made some good bonds with people uh, on, on top of that. It does seem like it's Cody's preference for Keisha to go. Um, there seems to be a lot of people who would prefer that Keisha goes. She does have some of the old schoolers on board with her, in particular, uh, Kaser and Janelle. But unfortunately for her, that's not really enough. So Vito is going to be pretty crucial for Keisha. They just picked the players for the Vito. And uh, the people that will be playing, Kevin, Keisha, Cody, obviously, and Ian, Tyler, and Enzo, which was a very bad draw <laughs> for Keisha. Um, Nicole, how do you feel about Keisha's odds right now? Uh, you know, not great, Taryn. Not great. You know, when it rains, it pours. And I think she's going to need to either get really, really lucky or she's going to need to start making some quick deals and start building relationships, especially with people like Ian, who ha- who is in more with like Kevin and well, not Ian, because then Ian would vote for Kevin. So, yeah, she's got a lot of work to do. Yeah. yeah. Like, the- oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Like even a player like Memphis, who, you know, Keisha worked with again on their first season. Memphis at this point seems like he's leaning more towards like the Cody side of things and less on the Keisha side of things, you know. So if she doesn't even have that number, I don't see how Keisha's going to get herself out of this mess. But we'll we'll see. <clears throat> yeah. The only thing. Oh, I keep, we keep cutting each other off. Um, the only thing that um, I could possibly see is maybe Janelle gets to Ian and, you know, Ian could possibly maybe, but also I think within the last hour or two, Ian's been feeling sick. And so if they're doing the veto tonight, which I think that they are later this evening, mm-hmm. that's not going to be a good sign for Keisha if that's her best shot. Yeah, and I I don't think Ian would use it on Keisha either. I don't think he wants to make waves. Um, I think that he might be willing to win the competition uh, Mm -hmm. just to keep himself safe um, and to prove that he has value to potential allies. Um, But I think he's also, as you said, feeling very sick. And he was talking to uh, Franzel earlier, just like, uh, like, do I, do I need to worry? Cause I don't know if I can win this one. Um, and she's like, you don't need to, like, I think you'll be fine. I can convince Cody not to put you up, uh, which is probably true, but he is right to worry a little bit. He has been talked about as a potential replacement nominee. Um, him and in particular, Nicole Anthony are the two main possibilities. Nicole Anthony much more likely to be the replacement nominee if the veto is one. Um, she 
is somebody again who is just an easy person to put up. She doesn't have any like locked in allies yet that are going to stick up for her. Um, and in addition to that, Franzel, who is the person probably most influential in Cody's ear right now, um, has a lot of incentive to keep Ian because she has a final two with him that we'll talk about. Um, and a lot of incentive to uh, push for Nicole Anthony to go on the block because she hates her co-host uh, on on the podcast that she does. So um, drama. yes, drama indeed. Um, this podcasting thing has been a problem for Nicole Anthony in the house. First with uh, Danny, who she reached out to to be on her podcast and Danny kind of ghosted her. Um, and so Danny's been like, I'm, I'm worried that she's going to be mad at me because I did that and she might come for me because of it. Danny yeah. did speak to Nicole about this um, to be like, I hope you were mad. And she's like, oh, no, of course not. But she's like still worried. And then Nicole Franzel has a long history of beef with Eric uh, Curdo, who is Nicole's podcasting uh, partner. Um, he was not a fan of her uh, on Twitter. And Nicole Franzel does not appreciate people that uh, say mean things about her, like her voice and the way that she plays the game and who she targets. Um, and so she knows of Eric. She knows that Nicole podcasts with Eric and she is very concerned that uh, that Eric would have told Nicole Anthony Hey, when you get in there, you should target Nicole Franzel. She sucks. We have each other blocked. Um, and so because of that, she's kind of uh, thinking like, I would love to just get the other Nicole out of here. Nicole, this is Nicole and Nicole violence. How do you feel about this? I mean, as a television fan, love it. <laughs> as a Big Brother fan, love it. Um, as a Nicole Anthony fan, don't love it because I think she is playing a very... Um, floater-esque game right now. She doesn't really have a lot of strong allies. I think she's trying to keep her head down for the first couple weeks, which I think in a normal season of Big Brother would work in her favor. But I think in in an All-Stars game, everyone has such big personalities and everyone kind of is on to everybody else's game that I think people are going to be on to that. And I think for Nicole to not be solidifying um, firm allies right now is a really, really big mistake, especially week one, because they're all going to be looking for an easy excuse. And if Nicole A hasn't talked to anybody, then it's easy to be like, hey, does anyone feel a type of way if we get rid of her? No, no one's in a final two with her. No one really has a strong allyship with her. It's, it, and I think she'd be a really, really easy pick at this point. So I think she needs to start making some firm connections. And I'm wondering, as far as people's game history, do you guys think that puts David in a better position, kind of having gone out as early as he did? Because no one's really familiar with his strategy. Yeah, David's in a weird spot because um, people see him as kind of a wild card. Uh, unfortunately for him, I think a lot of them look at the little bit of time that he did have in the house and they kind of judge him on that. Janelle in particular has been talking about how um, when David was in the house, he tried to work with the bros and they just didn't want him. Um, and so she's very much expecting him to do the same this time. And so he's getting 
grouped in with a bunch of the guys who he is like very loosely working with um and like it's that's not still not even really the right way to put it like <laughs> he's not being targeted by them and they've been like yo what's up before yeah. um mm-hmm. and that's about it they're, um, they're staying in their lanes yeah um but uh but beyond that it's he doesn't really have that much of a connection but like the fact that he did try to work with jack and jackson in the previous season is hurting him he's also been seen on social media uh sort of like interacting with them hanging out with them which has also sort of like made the people like janelle feel like he's he's totally like uh, if you can hang out with the jacks then surely you are deeply deeply a broy bro um mm-hmm. and there's nothing that can be done phil mm-hmm. yeah i i think like he is just straight up unfortunately not respected in the house at all i mean like people have called him like the chicken george of the season <laughs> and also like i'm actually kind of surprised that david doesn't really isn't I know, like, he was lying about the veto thing, but it, it seems like he isn't very knowledgeable about just the show's history. He doesn't even know who Dan Giesling is, which I guess is fine, but um, it certainly changes the perspective of how people see him in the house. I don't think like, he has that much win equity because of it. Um, and I also think that while he is, like, connected with the bros on this season, like like Cody and Tyler, I definitely think that um, they're going to be looking out for each other before they're looking out for um, David. Similarly to how, like, Bailey and Davon were talking also about, we need to align with David. They're going to be looking out for each other before they're looking out for David. So he, he's in a decent spot right now, but uh, I, I'm not super pumped for it, I would say. Mm. Right. And I think that he's somebody that's easy for them to just cut along the way, like an easy HOH, even though a lot of like as a fan, we see it, unfortunately, as kind of a waste of an HOH to them. It's just an easy, chill week. And I'm I'm sure he's just going to get lost in the middle. Yeah. The long game isn't there. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, Um, yeah. Cody called him Kevin. I just wanted to say that, which is yeah. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. does not bode well for either of them. Early. So there have been a lot of, so at first Cody was calling case or case um, which he was corrected on. Um, then uh, we had Memphis called um, Jackson from the previous season, Jared uh, <laughs> Memphis has also been calling Tyler <laughs> Taylor, um, which made its way to Keisha, who's been calling him Taylor, uh, in front of Janelle, who's like, Taylor? And she was Twin like, twist! It's not Taylor? What is it? Trevor? Uh, <laughs> she was like, like, don't say that in front of him, please. No, don't. T- Tyler. Um, and then Cody was also in the storage room with David, and he called him Kevin mm-hmm. multiple times in a row, and it was so hard to watch because David didn't correct him. So it Cody was just like, uh, like I'm not gonna like, uh, like I was telling him I'm not gonna throw Kevin up there, um, like you you already did, Cody. Um, and then he was like. Um, like, uh, like, oh, and you know, nobody's gonna look at it weird if you like, like, oh, Kevin won the veto. Um, <laughs> David, David's just sitting there taking it, not I feel like he wasn't him. even listening. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it that's that's been interesting. The name, the name stuff uh, has been weird. Now we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be right back. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So let's get back to the show. The three people that we are looking at right now that are in a lot of danger, for sure. Uh, Keisha, Kevin, and I would say Nicole Anthony. Um, if Keisha wins this veto, I would expect right now the most likely replacement is Nicole Anthony. I would think that Nicole Anthony probably goes home in that in that situation, although it could be interesting because she does have some connections. Not enough that I think would like go like ride or die for her right now, but enough to like put up more of a fight than Keisha uh, than they would for Keisha. Um, whereas the, I think the Cody, Nicole Franzel side of things would probably push kind of hard to get Nicole Anthony out if she's the replacement in that in that uh, situation. So that could be a more interesting vote if um, if Kevin wins the veto and Nicole Anthony goes up as the replacement. I would expect that Keisha still probably goes home unless uh, Cody and Franzel and that group change their minds and decide they would prefer Nicole Anthony to go. But that's kind of a tricky spot because that leaves Memphis in there with Keisha and Keisha's still with Janelle and Kaser. And that's kind of a dangerous thing for them. So those are the three people here, Nicole. Do you think there's any world where Kevin out of those combinations where Kevin loses to either Keisha or Nicole Anthony? I think he's in a pretty good spot with those other two. His worst case scenario, I think, is Keisha wins the veto. Nicole Anthony goes on the block. Um, But even then, I think he still has a very good shot to stay. So. Kevin should be fine here, but he has a much closer relationship with like Davon and um, and Bailey and. And a couple yeah. other people. I mean, Kevin is is look. It's it's very very early days. The week is far from over, and the house is far from solidified in terms of where people are. So a lot of things can change. But as of right now, Kevin does seem like he has a pretty big lead on Keisha um, yeah. because he has Cody and Franzel and all of the people that are working with them. And on top of that, he's also closer to the swing votes, Davon, um, um, Nicole, Anthony, uh, Ian, like those people. So uh, he should be good according to that. But again, there's a lot of time that can, uh, where things can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Nicole Anthony goes up, then things could be a little trickier for him, Lavina. Yeah. I mean, every single conversation that I've seen where people bring up Kevin, it's always wildly positive. It's, I love getting to know him. He's the best, you know, um, obviously Cody was very upset. He felt like actual guilt when you put him up. So I think that obviously the HOH, you know, having that opinion could sway 
the house vote easily, especially in a first week. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that people just really like him. And again, it's the first week and a lot of people want, at least think that they want to vote based off of, do I want to live with this person? Do I get along with this person? You know, and then, I don't know, it's just different. This all-star season, there's a lot of factors, but I think that's one. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the state of the house um, to catch you guys up. So those were the those were the main events who who won HOH, why people were nominated, who might be in trouble. But now we're going to talk through where people are situated. What does the structure of the house look like right now? Where are the alliances? Uh, what are their relationships? Um, the main structure right now, the biggest thing that we need to talk about, and it just happened today. These things are changing by the minute. So um, by the time we you know, talk to you on Tuesday for the next roundtable, we'll probably have a different story. But for right now, if you're looking for a snapshot, the main thing to talk about is that there is a core four that is within a bigger group of people working in the house. Um, and I'm trademarked, by the way. <laughs> there you go. Um, we're, I'm going to switch over to a view. If you're watching uh, the video, then um, you can see a, a, a visual representation of what I'm talking about as I go. Uh, so this is the legacy watch, which we're not talking about quite yet. I'm going to use this format to talk about the alliances to get the pictures on the screen for you guys as I go. Um, so the core four of, uh, of a bigger group is Cody and Franzel. Um, who are a tight duo. Cody's uh, the HOH. He's in trouble. Uh, he's in charge. Um, Nicole Franzel has helped uh, Danny uh, get into this crew. And Enzo is in good with Cody. These are the four people who are really uh, essentially running the game right now, but it's hard to really say that because, you know, what game is there to run quite yet? Uh, but they are on top of things more so than anyone else. Um, Cody and, and, and Franzel, because they're, they're a duo, they played together. They have a lot of uh, connections. She also played with his brother. Um, Danny and Franzel are friends from outside of the house. They know each other well. Uh, they came in. They wanted to work together. They are also a duo. Um, Danny was somebody that Cody was very wary of at the very start of the season, but managed to ingratiate herself to him and basically insert herself into the core of this group just by being willing to say, hey, I want to be in a group, which nobody else is willing to say Um, that one conversation she had with Cody uh, potentially changed the entire course of the game and the entire course of her game, Um, because without it, things could have looked very different then of course enzo is involved uh cody uh, i think always saw enzo as a really great person to pull in because as we talked about with enzo in the preseason he's just a great ally to have he's great at keeping groups together he's a hype man um and he's not particularly threatening when it comes to you know beating you in competitions or beating you in a jury vote in the end uh necessarily so um super great to have enzo there and these four are working pretty closely together nicole what are your thoughts um i think that of course obviously i think it's interesting that um (laughs) cody and nicole franzel are not exactly being at all subtle (laughs) and i think the first couple days they thought they were being slick and they were like okay never be seen in a room together and everyone's kind of like 
They're a duo. They're a final two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as far as Danny goes, I have seen Danny really feeding all of her, all of the, any information that goes to Danny goes directly to Cody. And so I think that puts Cody in a particularly good spot because he has both Franzel and he has both Danny um, on either side of his ear um, feeding everything. And, and I think um, I'm interested to see if there's going to be any follow through on this idea of um Cody forming a, a, a guy's alliance and Nicole forming a girl's alliance and then telling each other everything they hear. I don't, I'd like to, I mean, I think it'd be interesting. I think it'd blow up in somebody's face, but I think it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, that was kind of uh, Frenzel's initial idea, but it's, I think it's morphed into uh, sort of what they have now, although she is definitely still angling to get into some kind of uh, women's alliance because yeah, well, she's, she's worried about the other women. Yeah, well, she was even trying to get into that um, kind of quirky kids alliance with mm-hmm. Kevin, Ian, and Nicole Anthony, which I thought was really, really interesting that she was looking to be anywhere near Nicole Anthony. Frenzel um, wants to so, be in all the alliances. She like yeah, uh, I mean, sign her up. She's listen, all the extracurriculars. Oh, absolutely. Her and Tyler. They're just talking to <laughs> everybody. And as far as Enzo goes, um, Enzo has just kind of been there for me. I don't think he is as influential as the other three are right now. I don't think he's as influential, but he for sure is a great social player that everyone Mm -hmm. gets along with. And so that's another ally that you want in your team for your alliance, someone that everybody likes, someone that no one would really want to evict. Um, I I think that the thing with like these week one feeds that we're getting is that like we normally like wouldn't be seeing any of these relationships form. And, you know, I think like a lot of them like don't end up manifesting themselves into anything. It'd be interesting to see how this one will form. I mean, I mean, or how this one will play out. I think it could play out potentially well. Um, but I, I, I trust the players in it. Like I think Enzo and Cody are both dependable people that would stick to an alliance like this. So um, we'll see what ends up happening with the comps. I mean, Cody didn't win. Cody can't win next week. We'll see what happens with Nicole or Danny winning. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of the core four of the, of this group, but they have also proposed, um, Cody and Memphis and, or sorry, Cody and Enzo in particular. I don't know why I get those names confused all the time. Uh, Cody and Enzo in particular, um, have already proposed as well that they form a four person alliance with Bailey and Devon. Um, so Bailey and Devon are kind of at a lower spot in this group, but uh, I imagine that at some point they're going to try and morph these kind of together. Um, but uh, that core four will probably remain the same. But uh, Bailey and Devon are definitely in pretty good with this group. Um, and that was that happened very recently up until that point. Bailey in particular was doing very well socially, um, but Devon was a little bit out uh, further away, and Devon hasn't even been informed of this yet. Um, so, for all we know, she might be informed and turn it down um, because we know she's known to do that at times. But uh, but they are people that uh, that uh, Cody and Enzo and Danny and Franzel would like to work with if possible, and so they are in the process of being pulled into this group, Lavina. Yeah, I could definitely see the lines blurring for sure between these two little groups and just merging into one because another thing too is that Nicole Franzel has been repeatedly saying, I want to work with Day. 
let's work with Davon. You know, I want to put to rest whatever happened in previous seasons kind of a situation. So I can definitely see those lines blurring and this becoming like a, I don't know, level six. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a six person alliance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So then after that, you have people like Tyler and Memphis, uh, who are both pretty close to Cody in particular. Um, Tyler has a, a bond with Bailey from his season, of course. Um, and he, uh, Danny is kind of working on Tyler as well. Uh, Memphis has a bond with Cody that uh, some suspect may have been uh, from the pregame, uh, but it may have also just been from the time that they've spent together so far. Uh, but these are two people that most of the people in the, the group above them have expressed interest in working with, but not super closely because look, Tyler is super dangerous. Uh, we just don't want him to be against us, so we'd rather him be with us. Um, and Memphis seems like a cool guy we'd love to include him but uh he's not necessarily on the same level as everyone else phil yeah i mean i i personally think that just dan and Derek probably set up cody in memphis it makes sense since cody hasn't even seen big brother 10 um but i also think that like the thing with a player like tyler is that everybody like everybody likes him and although he is a huge threat Everybody like genuinely like enjoys spending time with him. So I think he's also like I was talking about with Enzo. He's a great ally to just throw in into your alliance. And it's better to have him with you because, again, no one would want to vote him out, at least for right now. Yeah. Um, so then at the very bottom of this, uh, I, I, you might throw in somebody like David, who, like I said, um, is connected to Tyler. He's now connected to Devon. Um, and he is somebody that Cody likes and would like to keep around for a little while. I could see David being either brought in or just kind of like the Sam of this grateful group, um, uh, <laughs> where they just kind of keep him around, uh, but not an official part of anything. Um, um, so but he is going to be probably pretty safe with them for now. And this is, you know, this is a group of nine people, uh, eight without David. Um, there's only four of them that have really been solidified. Six of them that have been kind of solidified. The rest is still very fluid and this could very much change. But this is the most solid group that we have in the game so far. And this really does feel like the start of a formation of this sort of like HOH week one big alliance that we usually see in these games that often have a lot of success, Nicole. Yeah, I think I'm going to be, I'm looking forward rather to see moving forward how the kind of core four continues because you have two who are very new school and you have two that are sort of from older big brother and who, who don't have as much history with the rest of the house, I think. And so like in the top tier with Bailey and Davon and with Nicole wanting to work with them a lot and kind of what I was saying earlier with her being a winner, it might behoove her to try to steer Cody more towards working with newer players and focus on getting out the, the, the players from, from older seasons of big brother to at least get her to the mid game. Cause that would just be an easy kind of way to get them all out. And then she doesn't have to worry about anyone looking at her as a previous winner. Mm-hmm. Phil, how do you feel about the chances of this group? Do you think they're, they're going to come together? Do you think this is going to work out? 
Um, I'm again, I'm pretty apprehensive about Nicole and Devon being together. Um, just because I feel like Devon might still end up having an axe to grind later on. Um, and I also, I, I think, I also think that, you know, with like we were saying before, like Danielle and with Enzo, they are like old school players, but I don't know, like, how if they have that much of a connection with a lot of these, like, because most of these players are more new school. When you want to look at the other side of the house, they are like the old school players. I don't know how um, Enzo and Danielle are going to be able to really ingratiate themselves w- with, like, you know, past, like, outside of the house bonds. But um, we'll see. It might end up imploding, like, in week two. So who's really to say? <laughs> Truly. Um, so this group, they also have some hooks in Christmas. They also have some hooks now in Kevin, especially if they keep him around. Uh, so don't be too surprised if you see either of those names pop into this group. Maybe some of these other people getting kicked out, depending on how things go. Um, even Nicole Anthony, uh, who has a pretty close bond with David um, and Devon uh, and Kevin uh, could be absorbed into this group, potentially, depending on the circumstances. The people not likely to be uh, brought into this group at all, Keisha, Kaser, Janelle in particular, are the most on the outside thus far. You do have Franzel uh, in particular, who would love to work with Kaser, um, especially because Kaser might be able to stop Janelle from coming after her. Um, but uh, Cody is pretty anti-Kaser, and um, and it doesn't seem like that's... Kaser would be willing to work with these people either. Uh, Kaser and Cody have had a lot of conversations, a lot of long conversations, and nothing is changing. So this is a relationship that is probably never going to change because uh, they've tried like they've tried a lot um, and it's just it just isn't there. Uh, They do not mesh very well. They do not trust each other. And um, it just doesn't feel like it's ever going to get there. Lavina. Yeah, I was going to say they have had these long talks and Kaser's talked about these long talks with other people. And he said, there's just a disconnect. There's no nothing. Nothing's brewing, basically. And if nothing's brewing now, nothing ever will. Just like you're saying, Taryn. Um, And I think it's just the matter of two guys who just can't help but be like the leader. I don't know. That's that's how Kaser is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're bound to bump heads. So especially because Cody's the first HOH. Yeah. All right. So that's one group. Uh, there is another alliance. You might want to call them the old school alliance um, that's mostly consisting of and they're not like a solid named alliance by any means. These are my names that I'm coming up with. Uh, but that would be Kaser, Janelle and Keisha, uh, who are working pretty closely together. Um, Kaser and Janelle are trying to keep Keisha from going home this week. Um, and uh, they're, they might not succeed. Um, I don't know if they can succeed, depending on uh, what happens here with the veto and everything. But they also kind of have Memphis as a fourth. But Memphis is playing the middle. He's running to Cody. He's running to to Keisha. He's telling them both information um, and he is not, I think, choosing a definitive side quite yet. I think he sees the weakness of this group and he is definitely not willing to put too many cards into it, Nicole. Oh. Ah, um, 
I think he's in a really good spot right now, especially for the first couple of weeks, because um, he's kind of in with the new school. He's kind of in with the old school. And I think with the way that the house is dividing itself right now, that sets him up pretty okay um, moving forward, especially if people are going to continue looking to get rid of Janelle and Kesar next week, since they won't be able to protect themselves with the safety suite. Um, so I think moving forward, he has at least another week or two before he really needs to worry about anybody looking at him as a major target. Mm. Yeah. This, this alliance though, very standable. The old very school alliance. Standable. Yes. <laughs> very oh, stan. We love them. We, we adore them. We want them. We love to see it. <laughs> they are the underdogs. You know, it's crazy to me that Kaser and Janelle have been on three seasons together. And in all three seasons, they have been in the same position and they have been fan favorites and like like underdog rootable players every single time. They're basically experts at being bad at the game, but great at winning <laughs> over the fans. Yeah. And to, the, to the point. Oh, sorry, Phil. Um and to the point where people will do mental gymnastics to really defend their bad gameplay of me being one of them. All of us being four oh, of yeah. them. So. It's all part of their master plan. Just wait. It's going right. to turn itself around. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think like the fascinating thing about like watching Kaser play this time is that like he's in this position and it's like I'd say about 70% his fault just because of the way that he acts with people. He is, like, everyone thinks he's either, like, too intimidating or scary. They all like him, but they all kind of know that, like, he is, like, an intimidating person. It's just based off of the way that he, like, talks to people, right? So, I mean, if Kaser got evicted pre-jury three times, and we all, like, we all love to stand a legend, of course, but maybe it's his fault, you know? <laughs> And, and you know, I do feel bad because this was kind of like, this is kind of Kaser's like uh, fresh start. Like uh, I talked about this in the Kaser podcast of like, you know, he never like he played his first season. Things went wrong. He, he got evicted. He came back, but he was in the same spot. He got evicted. Then he came back the following season with this massive reputation, basically in the same spot um, and was evicted. This was a fresh start for Kaser. He could have been anyone coming into this season. He could have played any kind of game. now. I feel bad because he was put back in this spot. He got unlucky. Cody was the first HOH. Cody happened to want to target Kaser. That was bad luck. But Kaser also can't help himself. Like Kaser just wants to declare war when somebody when somebody is like uh, forming a team. He's like, oh, no, we raise the flag, rally the troops. Um, Keisha and Janelle were just laughing about it. Keisha was like, I, I'm just worried. I'm one. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to go home. Uh, but Memphis is telling me that Cody probably doesn't care. Uh, but Kaser talks to me and I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm terrified. It's like, it's all a master plan. You're you have no chance. I mean, she's like, I just he gets me worked up. I'm so scared. And Ken Janelle's just like, oh, Kaser. Um, the right. thing is, though, he's kind of right. But at the same time, uh, it's it can be a lot for people when he's talking to them. Yeah. And it's just funny because, you know, at that line where Kaser said, you know, it's war now. And, you know, when I first saw that, I wasn't on the feeds at that exact moment. I saw that on the BB Updates account. And you just you just click the tweet. You look underneath it. People are losing it. We're losing it on the timeline. Like he could be in the worst possible position. He could be out the door and he could say, 
it's time for war. And we're all just going to be like, we stand like retweet, like, you know, it's just, it's caser mm-hmm. period. <laughs> yeah. He talks a lot about just like setting up for, or he talks about like, like you were saying, like, this is war. But then like, after that, I don't know, like exactly. He has correct reads of course, but mm-hmm. I think he does need to actually like really make a full on a hundred percent attempt to, set up a squad, set up a group to, you know, go against it. I don't think his, like, his squad is, like, that loyal to him right now. Do you think it's part of his strategy, kind of trying to rile other people up in in hopes to kind of put them into panic mode, make them, like, smell blood in the water and and hopefully blow somebody else's game up and make somebody else make a mistake and make them a larger target than him? Yeah, yeah. What are you saying? Too? I mean, I, I don't know if it's it's like I think it's part of his strategy, but I don't know if it's to put a target on somebody else. I think it's to genuinely be like, team, let's go. Mm. Uh, you know, like Caser. Uh, I, I said this on an update, like we need a Caser in every season because without Caser there, these big alliances form and nobody does anything about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody is nervous. Everybody just wants to be like the eighth in the alliance. Um, and uh, and it just it very quickly becomes all about the alliance because that is the right thing to do. We saw it last season, if not for very physical competitions in the end, the players like Cliff and Nicole, who were able to sort of leech onto this thing, did make it very far and did come very close to winning. Um, so that is the right thing to do, but it's it's not very fun to watch. So when you have a caser who's willing to be like, no, I... I I will die for your sins. I'm here. I will uh, I will fall on my sword to make the season more entertaining. We cannot let these big alliances form. We need to form a counter alliance. We need to make this a war. This is season six. It's two sides. Come on. Um, and so uh, you know that's that's what he does. Yeah, we're all in we the love to see like, it. Woo. Yeah. I think like people like all week, like especially like Janelle was talking about how like they always say like, you know, no one's talking game. It's so quiet. You know, no one's talking game. And I think really saying that a lot makes like other players seem paranoid. You know, it makes Mm -hmm. them feel like, wait, no one's I I should I should, you know, start talking game. We have to start talking game. So it might end up working a little bit, but we'll see how it actually. Well, homegirl people are talking game. They're just not talking game with you. That's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, on season six, if not for Kaser, Cappy and Maggie would have just run that game to the ground. Like, see, it's like Kaser was what made that season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the old school group. They are not looking great right now. Um, and I very much expect that Kaser and Janelle two of the more likely people to be targeted next week um mm-hmm. depending on the hoh outcome uh they probably need an hoh now if they can get an hoh i think they can turn this around i think they have enough connections um and the other group is still not quite solid enough that they can they can form something around them i think they can really do something here but they need power they need it desperately um so if there's ever a time for you know jedi janie to to come out and uh and and win some competitions Mm -hmm. it's uh it's now it's definitely now I think if they can win an HOH um, and they can target the, those that core four, I think that 
the new the newer players have enough stragglers that they will be able to kind of move sides and they will be able to wrestle power away from uh, the core four. I don't think they are at all solid just mm-hmm. yet. I think they have a lot of people who are playing both sides of the house. So if they can get an HOH, that's going to completely shift uh, the tide in the game. Yeah. yeah, I think they need to stick around just a little bit more because like we're, we're looking at these charts right here. One alliance has like nine people on it. This has four. So eventually they're going to run out of people to target and that yeah. other alliance is going to implode. So if they are able to stick around for a little bit longer, maybe they'll do better. But I also just think um, I don't think the social games that Janelle or Kaser have are going to be sustainable for the long yeah. run. Mm-hmm. So there's also uh, another group. This is kind of a subgroup of the first one that we saw, but uh, but I think it's strong enough that it can be included on its own. Bailey and Davon have uh, <laughs> yes. Stop there. I want that. <laughs> that's it. That's all there is to say. Um, they have a final two. Uh, they call Black Girl Magic, um, and uh, they are working closely together. They are looking to pull in David as well. Uh, it's not fully happened yet, although D- Davon did have a long conversation with David earlier today, and he opened up to her more than I've seen him open up to anybody else in the house thus far. So I think they are making some progress there. So I would expect that this trio is going to be kind of a thing moving forward. And uh, Nicole is already standing. I love it. I love to see it. I want to see them do great things. I want them to make the final three. Mm. Yes. There you go. Um, Yes. So, Devon has had some off reads for sure, but she is making connections with some people on the other side of the house, the people not in power, whereas Bailey has been doing uh, a very good job socially. Um, She is connected with a lot of people. She came into the house and people like Danny and Franzel were talking about her like, I'm not sure about her, like I've heard bad things. And she's pretty much flipped them both around completely. They're both now like, we love Bailey. She seems great. Um, Mm -hmm. They both want to work with her. Uh, Enzo and Cody want to work with her. Um, She is doing a very good job. This is why she was considered to be a good player in season 20 before she crashed and burned. Uh, I feel like I've been trying to tell people this and I feel like they haven't been believing me, but here we go. We're seeing it. Uh, now, the crash and burn could be coming, but I, it does feel like she is even better than what we saw before. It seems like she has improved on her previous game. It seems like she's learned a lot. Um, I'm kind of expecting big things from Bailey, Lavina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just telling somebody earlier that I'm, I love watching Bailey on the feeds just because she's making such good social connections. Um, I love like eavesdropping on the conversations that she's having when they're spilling tea or like whatever the case. Um, yeah. I, I just think that people want to be around her. And I think that's something that obviously when we flip the feeds on the first, com- one of the first conversations that we saw was Danny and Nicole F- or Franzel saying that they're kind of sketched out by her. Like you said, haven't heard great things. So that wasn't the best sign for Bailey. But since she's already flipped them around in, what, like 48 hours, that's an amazing sign. It's pro- It puts her in a really good position moving forward. Yeah. Um, so then there is one more really like uh, locked in named alliance. And it's really uh, one, one of the few named alliances in the house. It's Franzel 
and Ian as the two winners in the house. They have named a final two million club. It took me a second. It took me a second. I'm not going to lie. Yes. Um, so they're going to be working together. Uh, Nicola uh, Franzel is the person that Ian seems to be working the closest with thus far. Um, he did seem to like her on her first season. I feel like he did not like her maybe as much on returning seasons, but they do seem to be working together um, for now. And that is some uh, that is a pair to watch out for. And it could be Ian's saving grace this week if the veto is one. So uh, so that is what's going on with ian and franzel um so there are some relationships as well um some solid relationships that i feel like we should quickly point out as we go here um because those alliances that's what's happening right now i fully expect that a few days from now a lot is going to change new ones are going to be formed different people are going to be subbed out um and the relationships that people have are a key element of that. Now, many of these are relationships that have been, um, you know, that are locked in in alliances. Um, but the main ones to watch out for the people that even if their alliances shift and break up, these relationships are probably pretty locked in uh, would be Cody and Franzel. Cody and Enzo. Um, Franzel and Danny. Uh, Franzel and Ian, I think. That's one that one's a little shakier. Uh, Bailey and uh, Bailey and Devon, um, Janelle and Kaser. And then I think Janelle and Keisha have made a very solid bond as well. Um, so I would expect uh, those those like pairs uh, of people probably will not be splitting up anytime soon. Now, Tyler has a lot of relationships with people as well. Um, he seems to have some like like, hey, we're going to do this right. But he hasn't followed up a lot. I haven't seen enough evidence to be like, yes, this is locked in. Like he's got these people for sure. Uh, so I'm, I, I can't quite list those yet, but he is working with Bailey. Um, he's working with David. He's working with Christmas. Um, but I don't know. Tyler's been very like he has those bonds. He has those connections, but he's been very slow uh, playing so far. Um, I think he genuinely is worried about overplaying, about, you know, putting a target on his back. Um, you know, I'm sure he's heard a lot like, oh, Tyler had too many final two deals. He played too, too fast, too soon, whatever. That's kind of what he's doing this time, though, still. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, some people are saying that I'm saying. I think he's too slow right now. I do. I think he's missing the window on this big alliance. I think he's yeah. missing the window on Nicole Anthony, who is like, I've been waiting for Tyler to come to me and say, yeah. like, hey, we're both friends with Ovi. He hasn't talked to her at all. Um, he talked with Bailey like once or twice. He talked with David like once. He talked with Christmas once. Um, and he talked with Cody a couple of times. Um, all of those relationships, like they're moving on. They're fine. Mm -hmm. Like they're creating new relationships. They're bonding with people. And I feel like Tyler's going to be kind of left out in the cold. Mm -hmm. Um, he even has somebody like Danny, who I think is one of the top players on the board right now. Uh, very impressed with what Danny is doing. She has a lot of relationships. Um, some of them, you know, kind of shallow, but like good enough. Danny is trying to make a connection with him. She pulled him into a room earlier today and was clearly like, Hey, I like you. Um, I like, I wouldn't nominate you if I won HOH. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I'm not really hanging out with anyone. I was sitting in a room by myself for six hours. She was like, you can come hang out with me. Like she is trying. And he, it felt like he didn't even want to be there. Be in the room. He kept like, 
walking away to leave and she kept like so what do you think about this um and it's just like like i don't know swinging a miss yeah what is he doing phil i don't really know i mean i i thought that like tyler like for example like when cody on night one cody said to tyler like we're good i assumed like they had a pregame relationship same thing like with the david thing i'm assuming that they had like some kind of like pre-game alliance or something like that. But you're right. I haven't seen that much evidence to really suspect that after that. So I don't think Tyler like has set himself up well for the future of the game. But again, people still like him, you know, people still want to keep him around. So I, I wouldn't count him out yet. Taryn. I, I wouldn't, I would still hold out a little bit of hope, mm-hmm. hope. you know, he's playing slow because it's week one. We'll see what he does in week three. You know what I mean? He's just building those social relationships right now. Yeah. But again, like slow. Yeah, uh, he's not he's not like at the bottom of the structure or anything, but um, but he is, I think, missing some opportunities. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, are you guys ready for the legacy watch? So ready. Let's yeah. do it. OK, so what this is, um, if you have not seen the legacy watch before for Survivor winners at war, I had this idea that all of these Survivor winners were going to come into the season and they all have their own legacies like they, they all have their own reputations. And over the course of the season, we expect that it's going to change. Uh, good winners are going to be considered to be worse winners. And, you know, other winners are going to be considered to be better winners because maybe they won for a second time. And uh, I wanted to track how each episode kind of influenced the audience's opinion of the players as we go. And so I thought uh, a lot of people were interested in uh, seeing something similar for Big Brother All-Stars. The sort of like the list of like best players in Big Brother. It's pretty stagnant. We only get one season a year um, and there's only like 16 players every year. So it's like there's not a lot of new additions that can be uh, put into contention most of the time. And recent seasons have not necessarily produced like great players all the time. Tyler is one of the few that was like, oh, this might change things up like a little bit. It might insert one person into it. But Big Brother doesn't do all stars that much. And all stars is really what shakes things up because it can take players who were, were considered to be good players, pull them down, take other players, pull them up. It can really shake things up. So I wanted to look week to week. What what are we thinking in terms of legacy of the players? And what legacy means is it's not just necessarily gameplay. It can also just be reputation as a whole, their history in the game, uh, their importance to the franchise, uh, how much you like them, um, all kinds of different things. I do think that gameplay is often considered to be one of the primary focuses, like the best players of the game are generally have the best legacies. But uh, but it can really be like anything you want for the most part. Uh, so I pulled the audience before the premiere. Um, over 3000 people responded in just a few hours with, uh, their takes on the legacy of each player playing the game prior to the season starting. And that's what I want to go over here today. Uh, next week I'll have a new poll out a new survey um and people will uh you know fill it out then uh in terms of like real time how have things changed since the preseason idea of where these people stand but for now let's look at how people saw the players coming into this season um and we'll uh we'll start at the bottom and work our way up uh Lavina, do you have a guess as to who is at the bottom of the Legacy Watch uh, prior to the start of the season? Why you Why you do this to me? Um, 
I feel bad, but David? No, actually. Really? Mm, yes. Christmas. Yes, Christmas. Okay. Christmas wow. who landed in the bottom tier. Um the very wow. bottom tier. So there are six tiers of uh of of you know, legacy, right? Mm-hmm. Um there's five there's really five main tiers. There's top tiers, top tier players, upper tier players, middle tier players, lower tier players and bottom tier players. And then there's a bonus tier at the top for your dans and your wills and whoever else. Um, and that's the, the gods of the game, um, the truly elevated status for um, for the uh, for the survivor uh, legacy watch. Those were the legends, um, the legend tier uh, for the for Big Brother. It's, it's the gods of the game. So Christmas at the very bottom um, people not big fans of Christmas. She was a Paul minion all season long. Um, she basically gave up the game at the end. She played with a broken foot um, and uh, she won a foot race, which people I don't think appreciated. Uh, <laughs> Nicole, how do you feel about this? I mean, I don't get it. Like I understand like some people might not be necessarily likable, but I think that if you can, especially her who came on to the show on this platform of I am a fitness beast and I'm going to kill every competition I play and for her to how how many weeks in shatter her foot and then completely have to rework her game strategy and to still make it to final three is not half bad and was she a Paul minion yeah but if you look at Paul's gameplay everyone was kind of a Paul minion Um, Mm. so I I think she didn't do that bad on her season and I think I would have put her a little higher because you know Regardless of whether or not she was running the house, she still made it on a broken foot and she was adaptable. I'm wondering if there's a correlation here because Amon was also uh, talking about how he felt like he liked Christmas more than most. Um, and he also had uh, like what looked like Christmas lights in his uh, video. Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Are you part of this secret Christmas society? Uh, no, I am 100% not a part of the secret Christmas society. Unfortunately, I did not get the invite. That's why I didn't get the email about her being on the season. (laughs) Oh, I got that email. Yeah, I got that email. Everyone did. Um, but yeah, I for sure think that, you know, I'm sure, yeah, everyone on that season was a Paul Minion, but there were people on that season who were the Paul Minions that still had some kind of Endgame in sight. You know, they had some kind like Alex or Whistlenut. You know, those are people who kind of at least had some picture of how the game was going to go. I kind of don't know what Christmas is. I think Christmas like laid down on the line. She just laid down and died for Josh. And I mean, not for Josh and, but mostly Paul. Um, and I, I personally, um, I'm sure she's a great person. And, you know, I think I'm enjoying her on feed so far. Um, but I definitely am very confused on to why she's back here. Um, maybe just to kill it in these comps, like the fitness goddess that she is. I hope mm-hmm. she is able to do that. But uh, I'm very confused on as to why she's on this season. But I hope she proves me wrong. Well, Lavina, surely there's nowhere she can go but up, right? She has 
probably some of the most upside of any player. She starts in the bottom tier. Um, she now doesn't have a broken foot. She doesn't have a Paul in the game to uh, to hamper her in that way. Um, do you think that uh, Christmas's legacy can can rise? How far can it go? I think another thing, too, is that obviously, like gameplay aside, in Big Brother 19, granted, the environment inside of the house was just the most negative we've seen since a BB-15 situation. Um, I think that her treatment of certain house guests also left a really bad taste in the fan base's mouth. I mean, myself included. I think it wasn't even just about, you know, her gameplay and Sure, she was a Paul minion. We we didn't we didn't love that, obviously. But I think it was also just. I feel like when I see clips of her in Big Brother nineteen, she's just like it's like a cloud over her or something. It's like she just. I I know she was going through a lot, but she just wasn't the nicest person to be around. It seemed, except for with Josh and Paul. So I think that um, reputation wise, um, I've. I've been happy with what I've been seeing on the feeds. Granted, it's only been like three days. Um, but I think she's making a lot of connections and people are saying that they really like her. And a lot of people are like, why am I enjoying Christmas on the feeds? And myself included. So hopefully she can, you know, gameplay, gameplay, social game aside, just come off better, you know? Yeah, I think I think that Christmas probably ends the season even if she doesn't do particularly well i think she probably ends the season in like a low tier i don't think that she stays bottom tier uh i think that's that would be hard to do actually um but what if she what if she won the game phil what if christmas is our winner she plays well and she wins the whole thing uh like sarah lucina before her um and uh and is the next is the next big brother all-stars winner what is where does that put her if she does like a Lucina esque game, um, obviously then I would respect her more because she's a, you know a cutthroat badass, right? I mean, um, and uh, you know if it, I I just can't see it. I can't marry the two together. You know what I mean? I just she's too loyal. She's absolutely too loyal. She's not the type of person that again would I don't think play a cutthroat game. Um, but if she was able to do that, then you know I think she would be like similar to maybe like you know like Franzel or something like that maybe like a you know decent to good tier mm. yeah. I mean I don't know if she is a straight up mastermind then I will be flabbergasted I'll just be I I wouldn't be able to comprehend the entire season <laughs> um all right so uh above christmas um not in the bottom tier christmas occupies the bottom tier alone um but uh the next person we have is in fact David Alexander um, in the low tier. Um, now, David had the mm, actually the second most amount of um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to put David. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was the not applicable, like uh, they, they not rated at all. Uh, people did not know where to put David, um, but many of them did put him down near the bottom because I imagine never actually seen him play. Um, and so that's where David starts. Uh, Nicole, how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I guess I think it feels appropriate. You know, I think he does, he's kind of a blank slate. He's kind of a wild card. And I think at this point he is in a position where he can go up, he can go down and then it's completely up to him and how he plays this game. Mm. So far, 
I don't know if he's done if, if, if the way that he's playing the game is going to to increase his legacy. I feel like not yet. Yeah, he's in the he's in there and he's kind of he's kind of playing dumb, but he's also just kind of mm-hmm. there at the same I'm time. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him to bust something out cool to change our minds because I would really like to see more from him because he's he's with a cast of such great players that I think that um, it would be a shame if he just kind of faded into the background. I really want him to give us the razzle dazzle. Uh, I mean, I was just going to say, can you imagine if he just absolutely beasted everything, just beasted the conversation or conversations, competitions and conversations actually. Um, And we just saw like, a blossoming i would love to see that because i was one of those people at the end of big brother or actually in the beginning of big brother 21 when they ended up leaving i was pissed i was pissed that he was the first one out because i liked his bio i liked his videos you know pre he was one of my preseason picks and he had such a good read on the house so i'm hoping praying that it's just a situation where he's you know, a little bit frazzled and he's overwhelmed. Like, Oh, I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by legends kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully he picks it up in beasts. I, I want to see that. If, if the difference I think between like David going and like beasting it out and Christmas going and beasting it out for me is that Christmas already did a whole season. You know what I mean? So if she does it, if she completely kills another season, then I would be just be confused. But if David did it, it would make a little bit more sense to me because a lot of this game has to do with luck. So I would assume, you know, hey, David has got, you know, the short end of the stick on one season, but he's actually a great player. I think the thing with David, though, and why I think he is a little bit above Christmas is because even though he was the first boot, they gave him some kind of like mastermind edit. Like he had like the whole house pegged. He had a, a correct read on everything. Of course, it is easier when you're evicted than, and then come back in and you're able to pick up on things that people aren't mm-hmm. able to. But um, I certainly think that he got a good edit for being a first boot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like I said, I, I'm not sure that the way he's been playing so far will be enough. However, I could see that because he's playing very low key, he could turn into an underdog. If that sparks a fire under him, I think that could uh, actually shoot him up in the legacy watch um, later in the season. Um, if uh, if those two things happen, uh, even if he doesn't become a better player, uh, just having fire and being an underdog uh, goes a long way. So. Yeah, I mean, first out, good edit can leave people in a good spot. He could be the Vanessa Vanjie Mateo of Big Brother. There you go. I don't know what that means. The Drag Race fans love that. (laughs) (laughs) That's for my gays out there. There you go. (laughs) Um, All right. Next up, we have um, Bailey. Bailey, who is uh, just above David on the low tier. Um, And this is very interesting to me because I feel like in just a few days, um, I would imagine that Bailey's reputation and legacy has already come up a bit. Um, And quite frankly, I think this is a pretty low place to start to begin with. Uh, What do you think, Lavina? Absolutely. I was shocked when you pulled her picture up um, because I think that what people are seeing when they when they think Bailey previous previously to the fifth and the day that we started this new season is you know her mouth bleeding the whole situation the argument you know people are like oh she's you know 
aggressive, whatever people say about that. Um, and they forget to see that she had makes great social connections. She did in Big Brother 20, and not just now. She did in Big Brother 20. Um, she was in a great position. You know, maybe they see her HOH reign. Maybe they see she won that power, the power app, and she ran and she told Rachel, I think it was. Um, I don't know, but I think that she was in the best position of her alliance of, you know, people that didn't really know what they were doing, frankly. So I, I, I feel that that's way too low. I'm, I'm still confused by that. Mm, I, I have to imagine that um, part of this, you know, Bailey has a lot of people that don't like her. Um, she has a lot of people that uh, there was a big, you know, Tyler versus Bailey, I think, uh, fan war um, that still rages on to this day. Um, and uh, I think there are, you know, uh, also like, uh, you know, a lot of people that did not like the uh, the blow up that happened and uh i've seen a lot of like people like oh bailey is very emotional um she freaks out on people um and they don't respect her for that a lot of that i see on reddit um and um it's for it's, she does seem to receive a lot of hate i think that she um you know is gonna get a lot of people putting her very low on the board uh i think um versus you know people who i think are being a little more realistic but like i said i think she's already gonna be a little bit on the rise here nicole yeah no i agree i think people are latching on to more a more minimal negative blow up that she had and i think you know, people are much more apt to remember the one bad thing versus, you know, the five good things that somebody did. And so I think that that was just so memorable. And I think a lot of people were more team Tyler that that just kind of stuck with people and it has kind of brought her reputation down where it might not really be deserved. Um, So I think that this season with her going in kind of having already buried that thing with Tyler and she's just kind of, you know, new year, new me. and she's playing a great game and she's playing a great social game and all of those positive traits that she had in her season, she's just bringing back. Um, I mean, she keeps bringing it to you every season. So I think, you know, that's all I'm like you said, it already brought her up and, and I think hopefully people are going to start seeing that more than she bled from her lip once. Mm-hmm. I think I, this is my prediction. I think that Bailey definitely can make, top tier by the end of the season depending on how the season plays out if she continues to play really well she is included in this big group she's still very social she plays a really good game maybe wins the game uh in a very you know uh effective and impressive way i think that bailey can land in top tier myself i think that she has that potential um i also think she could end up staying in the same spot um i think that's also uh, an outcome that could happen here phil I think this is 100% the floor for Bailey. I I'd only see her going up for sure. I, I don't even see her ending in low tier because even if she flames out again, I mean, she's going to bring it. She's going to bring some entertainment. She's going to become an even more memorable character. So I for sure think that Bailey is going to, um, you know, um, go up for sure. All right. Uh, above Bailey in the middle tier, we have Enzo. This surprised me. 
because I feel like a lot of people have a very high opinion of Enzo. Um, and I expected him to be a little bit higher. Um, I think honestly myself, uh, I would probably put Enzo, um, in like, say the upper tier, uh, just based on like his character alone. I mean, it's everybody remembers Enzo. Um, he's, he's a, such a memorable character. He was part of the brigade. He started the brigade. Um, and he has such a memorable personality. Um, but, uh, Phil, how do you feel about, uh, Enzo here in the middle tier. Um, yeah, it really like that surprises me because I know like there's a lot of people who consider him like a top 20 player because he is the the so-called mastermind of the brigade. I for sure think that like he is a little bit overrated for me, although middle tier is a little low. Um, I just think that like, yeah, of course, he didn't win a lot of competitions. He didn't have he didn't have like that many like close social bonds. So I guess I understand like from, from big brother 12. So I guess I understand a little bit, but I also just think that he has a somewhat good, solid, dependable mind for the game. And I think he is a such like a loyal ally. And he, again, pulled off one of the greatest alliances in big brother history. So it's a little low, but I guess I understand it. Yeah. Like character wise alone. And like his importance to the history of the show alone. I feel like uh, you gotta, you gotta give him some respect. Right, Lavina? Yeah, put some respect on Enzo's name just because. Meow, meow. Right. And you should, I don't know. That's, I'm shocked by the last two, you guys. But um, I think that. I'm shocked by this whole list. Let me tell you in advance. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) We're prepared. Buckle up. (laughs) Um, I just think that, you know, even in this house, it's been like three days and everyone's saying, hey, we want to work with Enzo. He's fun to have around, he's loyal. Um, and that's exactly how, what people were saying back in Big Brother uh, 12. It was fall, right? And yes. Um, I always mix them up in my head. But yeah, they, that's what they were saying. And I think that if he had gone to the final two, he would have won. And I think that he definitely deserves to be in the upper tier for me. Yeah, I think Enzo has a very high ceiling, though. Um, I think that if he is able to even just repeat what he did. If he's able to make like final four, final three with a dominant alliance, um, I think that he definitely shoots up there. If he can win this time um, and do so in, in the impressive way that he tends to play the game, I think that uh, I think Enzo could land top tier easily. I think he could land top tier easily if he is like, uh, if he ends up being like another mastermind, but also I could see Enzo kind of after a while, just sitting around and getting dragged, you know, to the end, I could see him even getting lower on this list. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure, but if, if Enzo ends up just sitting around this entire season and just being like the, the you know, the meow, meow, I, I, I don't know. He could definitely, um, lower. <laughs> uh, yes. Emery in the chat says he's God of the game at charades. <laughs> yeah, Always. I could see people. I could see people getting annoyed because I, I, I hope he's not that person who's like, you know, repeatedly saying his legacy from like, like ten years ago. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm the meow meow. Like, that's going to get kind of old after like what two, three weeks. I don't know. Hopefully, he doesn't become that guy. Just like what Phil is saying, but I guess we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah. All right. Above Enzo, we have Nicole Anthony in the middle tier. Which surprised me. She's very low on this list. Um, that uh, she's the most recent fan favorite. She was like far and away the the favorite when I d- did these surveys last year. 
um is like her reputation either just like pales in comparison to all these other players or has somehow somehow taken like a, a decent hit here um over the year because uh she is ranked pretty low here on the legacy watch nicole yeah, I have to assume that it is just comparatively to everybody else on this list because in her season and the in in post um BB21, she's someone who I am constantly hearing in people's mouths and people continue to talk about her. And even leading up to All Stars, everyone was, you know, assuming Nicole Anthony was going to be in there and everyone wanted to know if Nicole Anthony was in sequester and and and, and everyone was looking forward to it and talking it up. So I think that there is no, um, I can't think of anything that would pull her down. But she did so good on her season. And she was so likable. And she's continued to be so likable. Um, and her presence on social media is such a delight um, that I can only imagine that just comparatively to everyone else on this list, she is maybe not quite um, like legend status. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's done anything wrong. I think it's the I think it's the gameplay. I think that people didn't respect her game very much. Um, and after like not seeing her for a year, like the personality kind of fades away mm-hmm. and like you're not like immediately. Oh, I love her. And so you might remember the gameplay and you're like, ah, but her gameplay wasn't that great. And so that's maybe where she's at. Yeah, I think that is like the biggest part about why we loved Nicole last season was because we hated everyone else. Do you know what I mean? So last season, she was such this underdog that we were all really rooting for. But when you actually just look at her, I mean, it depends on if she ends up in some kind of majority alliance this season. I'm not sure if she would be perceived the same way. Of course, she'd be like a nice person. But I also think just a big part of her narrative was just this underdog that we could we rooted for, you know, um, but who knows what position she's going to be put into this season as the season goes on. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I think that Nicole could actually move down. Um, she's a potential first boot this season. Um, and uh, that's that I think would definitely push her further down um, than she was before. And so far, her reads have also been pretty off. Uh, she is in that group of people that was like uh, Janelle and Tyler are running the game. Um, so if she goes out thinking that Janelle and Tyler are running the game, like that's that's a pretty brutal uh, run for her in all stars and i could see that tarnishing uh what legacy she has here Mm -hmm. third to third to first out would be a would be a rough look yeah all right above nicole anthony still in the middle tier although just missing the top tier and this one dave on i'm out i'm done right this is a That's who? Who? Yo, this is an atrocity. No. How dare you? We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Um, you come in here and you treat this like a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I quickly did this on my Twitch stream the other night. And mm. uh, like for me, like I was going through Devon was an easy top tier for me. Um, like, uh, like, okay. Yes, she was a second boot. She was a first juror. Her gameplay has not been great. But 
I as mean, a character. it's Devon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the reputation. It's Mama Day. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, and the, the, already on the feeds, the conversations she's having, the maturity, the grace that she brings to the live feeds. Like, uh, she is so good. I think if we did this today, she would already be in the at least upper tier. She was almost there preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to imagine that at least part of this is similar to the Nicole thing, where over the course of time, if you don't see the person, the gameplay is what really stands out to you. And that's probably uh, what people remember. And especially because we often talk about Devon in terms of her mistakes, because there's such learning, uh, there's such lessons to learn when you when you talk about Big Brother. How do you you forget about Devon? I mean, just just in terms of her gifability. Right, the, the g- amount of gifts of Devon gift pretending to be shocked, the opening the eviction yes. door. She, like, is she is everywhere. Probably the most famous mainstream figure in Big Brother because I of mean, that gift. I mean, that legacy is uh, cannot be matched. And y'all want to put her in middle tier? I couldn't imagine. <laughs> right, imagine putting is- Devon in the middle tier. I can't. And this is about legacy. Like, it's not just, obviously, it's not just gameplay. We've been saying that the entire time. And I challenge everybody who's watching this right now, open up a new tab, go to the gift section of Twitter, type in Big Brother. The first, like, three gifts are all Dave Mon. Like, I do it right now. Right, do it right now. Show the screen. I think (laughs) that... I am pressed. I am... (laughs) I am living at a screen. I think that as soon as episodes, as soon as we start getting DRs, she's getting oh, boosted no. back up to top tier because that's the thing. Like we no, have the first to- one is. Oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. No, go. What was? What's the game? The first. The first one is Nicole Franzel eating popcorn. What? <laughs> oh, people are going to be that upset about that. Oh, man. I can't believe Nicole Franzel complained to the GIF search engine uh, to get her own GIF. Twitter's canceled. Twitter is a party. Yep. Um, I think a lot of people are like, uh, well, well, but this is a based on gameplay. Um, you should be clear about what legacy means. First of all, I wrote all, like three paragraphs uh, that started the survey explaining in detail what legacy was. I bet none of you read it. Um, and <laughs> second, um, I think, again, this is probably what what happened here is that a lot of people are used to in especially in my surveys rating based on gameplay um, and uh, and probably were, were thinking a little bit less and but that's fine like if gameplay is what is the only thing that matters to you when when it comes to legacy that's perfectly acceptable um but uh but you know (laughs) um i think this is unacceptable yes uh, (laughs) this this is unacceptable still unacceptable um i think i think davon has to go up from here i think uh if davon doesn't end the season in the top tier i'll be surprised I'm just shocked that she's not there now. I mean, again, I just think as soon as we start getting DRs, if Devon's able to stick it out for just a little while, if she's able to even make it further than her position in Big Brother 18, then, Mm -hmm. you know, she should be top tier. I think she's more, I I mean, I'd hate to say, I think she's even more iconic than, like, Dan. You know what I mean? Like, just in terms of just, like, mainstream appeal, like, how could you not love Devon? I mean, I I mean, just the the hair-whipping gif alone. (laughs) Just the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, legend status. <laughs> yes. Um, and like, uh, just, just to like, uh, I, I, you know, just to preface all of this as well, like, uh, 
we're having fun with this. Uh, everyone should have fun with this. Uh, if you disagree with us, that's cool. Like, that's great. When we, when we are outraged, uh, we're not, we're not calling for anybody's head. We're having fun oh. with it. Um, you know, like, uh, everyone should be, should be chill and, and have fun with it as well. I'm just um, happy to be involved. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So above Devon, uh, just above David, like they're very, very close. Um, we have Memphis, who just barely made the upper tier. Um, Memphis here uh, in the upper tier. I for me, that's that's like, uh, I mean, not being above Devon, but uh, but being in the upper tier for me is an acceptable sp- uh, spot for Memphis as part of the Renegades, part of the best season of Big Brother, in my opinion. Um, I think that I think that gives him a spot there. Um, but uh, but, you know, not not everyone agrees. I think, uh, Lavina, what are your thoughts? I think that the thing that sticks out to me with Memphis is the jury vote and how he couldn't get a single vote. So I think that um, he has room to go up. um, But I think that his current spot is good. I think I would agree with it just because the first thing I think of is obviously Dan and he didn't get a single jury vote. So, but he was still part of the best season and he was still part of, one of the best, probably the best one of, yeah, one of the best duos in Big Brother history. Yeah, and and something to note as well, uh, like I said, there was an NA column for this, so if you did not feel like you knew enough about the person, uh, you could choose to not rate them, Um, and so only the people who remembered Memphis enough to rate him are the ones that gave him ratings. Uh, Thus, um, you know, it's uh, it's you know, the they're not going to be skewed by like, oh, I don't remember who that person is, Um, Mm -hmm. and so you know, people like Memphis, these older players. Uh, they do not have the disadvantage that you might anticipate by the fact that it's been a while. I think even though, like when you think about like the top five most iconic players in big brother 10, you know, you think of Dan, you think of Keisha, you think of like Jerry, April, Libra, you, you, you think of Memphis, like after that, you know what I mean? I, I'm shocked. Every time someone's going to be above Dave on, I'm going to just be <laughs> flabbergasted. I just can't, but you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess Memphis is in the Renegades. He is one of the most iconic alliances, but just, I still think he's a little bit high. Just me. imagine that Davon is in the top tier and then think about Memphis being below her in the, in the upper tier. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that Memphis definitely has a lot of upward momentum potential. Um, if he does well, if he wins this season, I could see him. Honestly, I could see him shooting up to easily top tier. If not, God's the game. His his uh, closeness to Dan, the fact that he lost to Dan, the best player of Big Brother, and then he goes on to All Stars and wins. Um, like that's a very strong uh, resume, and I think that could very very easily be like very up there. I think he could also fall quite a bit. Uh, I think his reputation is helped by the fact that he played with Dan and he made it very far. If he plays without Dan and doesn't make it far, I think that he could fall pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of potential movement here for Memphis. All right. Next up above Memphis. And this one also kills me. It breaks my heart. Kaser in the upper tier. Um, now, I am a Kaser fan. I'm a Kaser stan. Um, to me, Kaser is a god of the game. 
I mean, Kaser is Kaser. Uh, to me, Kaser was the face of the show for a long time, uh, or at least for two years, which was a long time in my young child's world. Um, I don't care that he never made jury. Like, Kaser is just such an iconic player um, that's like, uh, he was the fan favorite two seasons in a row, basically. I'm him, him and Janelle, both. Um, and, uh, like, I just, uh, like... And I know that most I think for me, he's a god of the game. Most people, I think I, I think should put him top tier. Uh, that's where I feel like Kaser stands in terms of his reputation, his legacy in the game. But I can also see that, again, the gameplay factor. It's a big thing for a lot of people. And the fact that he has never made jury, he was evicted three times pre-jury. I think that hurts him a lot. Um, so what do you think, Nicole? I mean, I, I'm not familiar with Kaser going into this because I didn't start watching until later. So just right now, um, my perception of Kaser is kind of a little shaky. It's a little middle of the road. Um, but I think he absolutely has the potential to go up. I think moving forward, I think he was very, very smart, him and Janelle, to save themselves with the safety suite this week. Um, I think they were very perceptive to understand that they were the targets this week. And so I think all for me, at least as someone who was unfamiliar with him, going to depend on how he plays the game the next couple weeks. I think if he can work his way out of this um, hole and kind of tear that target off of his back, um, it's going to be, that would be very, very impressive and very, very memorable. So he has the potential to do it. It's just a question of, you know, week one, the entire house kind of wants you out. How are you going to get yourself out of this one? Yeah, for me, I think what makes Kaser, Kaser, I think, is one of my favorite players of all time. Is he a good player? I'm just going to say no. But he is just such an iconic player. And the reason why he's so iconic is because there's no one else like him. He, there's no one else in the DR who's just really just, it feels like Kaser's really just speaking on his mind. He's venting, you know, he's not really yelling or anything like that. He is 100% authentic Kaser. That's who he is. Um, but I also see Kaser falling. I, that, that's what I see, see just because I don't see Kaser getting himself out of this mess. I think he's going to go home pre-jury again. Hopefully not, but that's what I think. So I only see Kaser going down, unfortunately. I yeah. think that, you know, I'm Kaser's like number one super stan, super fan, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think I would put him Don't in make me fight top. you. <laughs> I'm going to win, Taryn. Um, but I think I would put him in the top tier just because um, I feel like the gods of the game, I'm, I might be gatekeeping here a little bit, like lightweight, but I feel like it's just hard to break in. Um, it's a very select few amount of people. And I think I would put him in top tier. And I, I don't think I don't, I, I feel like I don't see him moving or fall. Like, I mean, he could go up possibly if he wins, obviously I don't, Unfortunately, I don't think he will, but um, I don't see him falling just because he's so loved by all of us. And I, I just don't see him falling because people, it's been how many years, like 13 years since the, or not even 13 years, like 15, like 15 years since the last All-Stars. And we were all still like, like gagged over seeing Kaser as to be a potential like a spoiler for who, who's in sequester right now. So I don't think I see him falling at all. Yeah. It's Kaser. All right. Above Kaser. And this was very, very close. In fact, the next um, like four people were all within one 
point of uh, of data here. Very close, um, all in the upper tier. But uh, but just above Kaser, we have Cody, Cody Calafure. Um, this makes sense to me. Um, I think Cody fits into the upper tier. I think that uh, as uh, similar to Memphis, he, as part of the Hitmen, um, he uh, you know was part of a, a legendary alliance. Um, he was also a good player on his season. I still contend that I think he's playing well now. I think that uh, so far he has helped his reputation. Um, granted, it's been like four days, uh, but um, but I think that Cody could squeeze into the top tier or um i don't know if i i like uh could cody go higher i think it's possible i think cody could again a second place finish and uh and a first place finish um you know especially on an all-star season i think that could push him into gods of the game um but uh, i think there's also room for him to fall if uh if he can't stand on his own feet without Derek. very similar to how i look at memphis although i think that cody so far has shown himself to be a more capable player but it's only been four days phil what do you think i think that cody has like two narratives that you know you either are in the camp where he, Cody was a great player. He played with Dan. They were in lockstep together. Of course, there's the other people who think that, you know, Cody was just an idiot who followed along Derek and then took him to the end. I mean, I personally think that Cody is a decent player, but because of that, I could see Cody going anywhere. If Cody, like, crashes and burns, then he's going to be bottom tier. But I could also very easily see Cody being a, a god of the game if he's able to pull this off so uh, he could go anywhere he's in the perfect spot i think for right now yeah i think that he has a lot to prove just because i feel like a lot of people who voted in this were probably in the mindset of he was in Derek's shadow the entire time i feel like a lot of people voted with that mindset um and if he were to get that first to win big brother all-stars like an all-star season alone any season um i think that he could definitely get put into the top tier just because he has a lot to prove going into this and he can do this with with, or without Derek. Mm -hmm. I think we have a lot of players um, this season who's who in their, in their own respective seasons were kind of part of a duo. And I think that this season is going to kind of stand as a test for a lot of these, these all-stars to to say, Hey, can you stand on your own two feet? And, you know, are, are you capable of making it far in this game without your, you know, respective other half? Yeah. All right. Above Cody. And again, very, very close uh, on this one. Just a very, very tight vote here, but just above Cody in the upper tier is Nicole Franzel. Um, there she is in the upper tier, uh, getting a decent amount of respect. I think this is actually a pretty appropriate place to put her. Um, I've actually been pretty impressed with her so far this season. Um, I think that Nicole actually could move up to the top tier. And I honestly, if she wins a two time winner, um, <laughs> Yeah. Is it possible? This, here's the thing working against her. The fans hate her with a passion. Um, but if she is a two-time winner on All-Stars, uh, can she make it to God's, God of the Game even though people hate her so much? I think so. I think if you win this game twice, especially winning this game going into it with that reputation, I think that's absolutely God's of the Game material. Because, I mean, we've seen her... In her first season, she didn't do terrible. And then in her second season, of course, she won. And so in, in this game, 
in this season, she's come in and she's just immediately secured herself in a really, really good spot. Um, her social game isn't terrible. She's not necessarily being subtle with it. Um, but, you know, she immediately just kind of worm- wiggled her, wormed her way into a really good, solid four-person alliance. And she set herself up in a really good spot for this game. And so her gameplay so far has not been terrible at all. And it, in, I think she is going to continue to move forward. And I don't think, I, I don't think she's going to go down in Legacy. She's yeah. done good twice. The uh, the, the chat is just uh, they're really struggling with this idea. Well, I didn't say she was likable. I said she made it far in the game. I think I think honestly, if she makes top four, she's a god of the game because I've I've been impressed with her. Just like I'm not the biggest Nicole stan, especially not from like her her winning season, unfortunately. Um, but. I think she's a good player, you know, and of course she might be a little annoying to watch, but if she's able to make it to top four and play a good game successfully throughout the entire time, listen, I mean, she's up there with Dr. Will. I mean, I mean, we'll see, but I mean, it, there's for sure a chance of that. We could see another God of the game this season. It's a hard game and to make it that far consistently isn't easy. I think that people are just struggling because of how they feel. It's like, Imagining Dr. Will next to Nicole Frangel. I think that's the main thing. The Mount Rushmore um, of Big Brother. Uh, right. Dr. Will, I, I Nicole Franzel, Dan oh Giesling. I want to see it. I want to see it just for that. I just I just want to see that. And I just I feel like <laughs> sorry, sorry, but the the next all stars in the kitchen, uh, there's going to be a big uh, spray painting uh, image of Nicole and the text is going to go, you guys. No. Oh, my I just love her on the game every time because I know we're just going to get an, a diary room entry and that is going to start with. Honestly, no. <laughs> time I hear that, I'm like, oh, I'm ready. This that is gonna be so good. good. <laughs> Honestly, I just like really need to win the power of veto this week to secure my spot in the house because I just really don't know which way the votes are going to swing. So I just need to secure my space for me and Corey. Are we sure that you Corey. are Nicole Franzel? <laughs> <laughs> The nasally, I love it. I think that, like, when we look at like the greatest players who were like, or, like the like the greatest players on on Survivor are the people who are able to make it to the end or play great games more than once because of you know, like you were saying in the beginning of this, Taryn, like Big Brother, the sample size of All Star seasons is so small. You know, we only have players like again, like Doctor Will and Dan who are able to play, or Danielle Reyes who are able to play great games twice. If Nicole pulls this off, I just you can't deny that she's not up there with them because she played a great game twice. I don't know. Also, we just we haven't. If she were to win, we've never had a two time winner. So at that point, it's kind of like we're being forced to to like consider you know Queen, putting her as as Queen, a god of the game. Queen Nicole. If she wins twice, right. I mean, it will be the epitome of we have no choice but to stand. <laughs> but to stand, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if she can do it twice. <laughs> I'm going to be like, all right, Nicole, team Nicole. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So just barely above Nicole, again, very close votes here. We have Kevin Campbell. Whoops. Um, 
Kevin Campbell in the upper tier. Um, I was a little surprised by this, um, but uh, it will kind of, uh, I think, help you understand that Kevin Campbell actually had the most amount of, uh, I don't know, uh, votes for him. So uh, only the people that remembered Kevin Campbell uh, voted for Kevin Campbell. So all of you in the chat who are like, who is he? Why is he up here? Um, that's why. Uh, so um, I think this is an appropriate place for Kevin Campbell as well. <clears throat> I think that his season he played a great game. Uh, I think he is a super funny guy. Um, I, I'm, I'm already loving him on this season. That said, Based on the four days that we've seen thus far, he is on the block and he is very down on himself, um, not really playing like the best game right now. I think that uh, if things continue the way they are, I think that his legacy might drop a bit and it might we might start to look at Kevin Campbell as like in his season. He was good, but under different circumstances, it seems like he's not doing quite as well. Lavina, what do you think? Yeah, I'm afraid that if, you know, he goes out this week or next week or whatever the case, um, that he might fall to like an, un- like, I don't know, people might just forget about him. Like, oh, he was on that season. Oh, great. Or, you know, on Big Brother 11, he was about to win. He like, probably should have won. Um, and it was just because of a, it was like a tiebreaker question or something. Um, and yeah, I just, if he goes out early, I, he will fall. That's just how I feel. Yeah. yeah, I basically feel like the same way. I mean, for me, Kevin was one of my favorite players on Big Brother 11 and just his moves, like taking out, you know, Jeff. That, I think that was amazing. Him able, him being able to convince Russell or I don't remember if it was Russell. Him being, I don't know, but his Russell, moves. Yeah. He, yeah, can, him, he lied to Jeff about Russell and got Russell right. out. Yeah, right. That's, that's what it was. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think that like, it was fantastic. I think he was a great, he had a great mind for the game, but you know, that was, 12 years ago and i do think that he's a different person now so i think we're kind of looking at like basically like a new player in the game um so and looking at his position i can only see it falling unfortunately although i do love kevin so i do think if he somehow manages to win again though um as somebody who came so close to winning the first time if he comes back and he wins all-stars and now again it depends on how they win as well, I think. Um, like somebody who kind of falls into the win um, is probably not going to necessarily land like God of the game. They probably like somebody pro- like Kevin probably would still be top tier even if he fell into a win. But if he like plays his way into a win, um, I do think that Kevin could land into into God, God of the game. I think it's possible. Yeah, I I definitely do just because like uh, he has a great strategic like he he's a great strategic player. So, he could end up being that, but then at the same time, what is his legacy? You know, what is his legacy from the first season? What are people remembering him for? You know what I mean? I don't think a lot of people remember his game in Big Brother 11. So, I don't know if he would end up being like god of the game if he plays a great game here, but who's to say? Yeah. Um all right. Above Kevin Again, still very close. We have Keisha in the upper tier. Um, Keisha, fan favorite on season 10, largely considered to be the best season, uh, or at least one of the best seasons. Um, A lot of people remember Keisha very fondly. Not super surprised to see her so high on the list. What do you think, Lavina? I think that 
people, she's just one of those universally loved players and definitely loved by me. Um, the first thing you think of is obviously, it was also in her intro package, which I loved. I love that they talked about Keisha's birthday in the intro package. Um, and I just think that she, it was kind of like her, her like, end game kind of thing was it kind of reminded me of Brittany getting screwed by the brigade kind mm-hmm. of a situation. Um, so I think that if she had just a little bit of better luck or maybe not luck, but you know, it, there was a different situation. I could see her winning big brother 10. Um, same reason, you know, I could see Brittany winning big brother 12. I think it was similar. Um, as far as legacy goes, I can definitely see her going up. Um, I just hope that, you know, she wins the veto. Yeah. I, I the birthday alone. I think uh, is is it puts her in the upper tier at least, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, it more impressive than Rockstar's daughter's birthday? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, think it is. <laughs> it probably comes. Uh, you know, Rockstar's daughter's birthday pretty iconic, but Keisha's birthday I think is the best Big Brother birthday, uh, uh, bar none. It's like top three greatest moments in Big Brother history. I yeah. mean, I, that, I, that's what it is, and I even think that if if you know Keisha gets taken out. First week, you know, it'll suck. It might take a hit on her a little bit, but at the same time, she's always going to have Keisha's birthday. She's always going to have that. So, you know, she might fall a little bit, but I don't know. I see Keisha basically staying the same. I mean, if she goes out week one. Yeah, I I think honestly, I think she might fall into the middle tier um, based on what I've seen so far, especially if she's the first boot. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I think that already, uh, if we again, if we had pulled people uh, today, she probably would have fallen a bit um, just based on her game so far. She's been one of the more passive players. Um, and, uh, you know, that's kind of to be expected. It's they're four days in. Um, it takes honestly a bad player to make tons of waves um, in four days into the game, even if you are on the block, uh, because like, sure, you you would you might say like, oh, they have nothing to lose. They're on the block. But like. If they survive, they have 90 more days to play. Um, so making big waves uh, is not always going to be in your best interest. But um, but I think that her legacy is definitely going to take a little bit of a hit, especially if she leaves this week and it does seem kind of likely that she will. So um, we'll have to watch out for that. But above Keisha, we finally have all of so Keisha, Kevin, Nicole Franzel, Cody, Kate and Kaser were all very, very close. Like they interchange all of them in terms of that order. Uh, but we finally have a bit of a jump and we are landing into the top tier. And this is where Ian Terry has fallen. Um, Ian Terry in the top tier. Um, I have to agree with this one. Ian, a winner. Uh, so loved by the fans. Um, the win is controversial. Yes. And his game, I think is overrated. Um, but his legacy on the show, he was the first real, like winner of this archetype. He was one of the first people of this archetype in general. Um, and he just, he has like, uh, a passion for the game that is unmatched. Um, and I think that uh, I think that like all of those things combined uh, top tier for Ian. And so far from what I've seen this season, I don't think this is going to change. In fact, I think he seems even more lovable this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's playing a little bit better this season. And uh, I, I think that Ian is definitely locked in into the top tier. I'm going to have a hard time seeing him fall, even if even if people 
no longer overrate his game. Even if people go, okay, maybe we did overrate his game. Just the love they have for him as a player, I think will keep mm-hmm. him here. Lavina. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think I know anybody. I've never seen anybody hate on Ian in my life. Like, I don't, I really can't recall. Um, and also the conversations that he's been having um, in the house, you know, um, he had the conversation with, uh, I forgot who it was with, but it was about, you know, the hammock and he was opening up about, you know, um, his autism diagnosis. And um, I just think that he's just so lovable and um, I think while I do agree with you, Taryn, that um, I think that Dan should have won Big Brother 14. Um, and I think that his game was slightly overrated um, because of that. Um, I do think that he played a good game. I don't think that he played an amazing game, but I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see him moving anywhere. But if he does win again, two-time winner, same, same conversation that we had about Nicole. So yeah. Nicole Franzel. Yeah, yeah, I think that like people like always talk about how like Dan was robbed and but they're, they're never, no one is ever anti-Ian. That's the thing. We love Ian that much that, although we all know that Dan was robbed, we never really want to take away the win from Ian. We all, because mm-hmm. we all love Ian. We're so happy for him that he won. And I, like you were saying, like, you know, um, his story this season might, you know, open up um, more, you know, possibilities for us to just, like, love him. I don't know. He's great. America loves an underdog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think Ian is... E- easily god of the game if he wins this thing i i, I think oh, it's yeah. uh i feel like uh, it's not even close like i think if ian comes close um he could solidify that yeah. sort of legacy he's already kind of tapping at the door yeah i th- i think ian is one of the more locked in players uh i think uh he's not going anywhere but top tier or god of the game uh, I, I just can't see it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right above ian we have danny the top tier um danny uh who i think was not loved a lot in season eight um there was like there were kind of two camps in season eight there were the casual audience and parts of the live feed audience that loved evil dick and and liked danny um and then there were the mostly live feed audience that uh hated evil dick <laughs> um and also hated danny uh or maybe just disliked danny um and uh and i think she did have her fans that season for sure but uh she was not necessarily like if you had done her legacy ra- uh, rating there it probably would have been like middle tier um at best um but then she came back for season 13 and she just lined up perfectly for what the fans wanted. Even though she went against people's favorites, she was so adorable while she did it because she was with Dom and they were adorable together. Um, and she was so rootable as an underdog. And she had this alliance that was so fun um, that uh, that people just they fell in love with her. Um, and that's the Danny that is coming into this season. And. I will say in the preseason hypothetical podcast, when I talked about Danny, I was like, Danny can't go wrong. She aligns with the people she likes. She doesn't care about like, uh, you know, upsetting, you know, big egos. Um, And so I felt like she'd be completely safe from the fans ire. I was so wrong. I can't believe I didn't see this before. But to me, Danny, for those of you who have watched Big Brother Canada, Danny is Netta. And it just makes so much sense to me all of a sudden that like she 
was so anti the people that like were in power and people loved it and because they didn't like those people at the time and like she was so mean to them but people loved it uh and she was so good um and now she's back and she's doing similar things but this time to people that people like um and this time people are not enjoying it quite as much uh because she's doing it to those people that that they like and they're go they're going no <laughs> we don't like you anymore danny don't do this to us don't mess with people's faves <laughs> yes mm-hmm. um so uh danny is very firmly in the top tier here but uh i don't know how solid this position is nicole yeah i mean like i said earlier it's really going to depend on what happens to this core four alliance moving forward um, I think that if she can kind of continue to latch on like she has to Cody and if, if Cody continues to go up in this game, um, I think that's going to spell good things for her, assuming she's, you know, doesn't keep attacking people's faves. That might hurt her legacy a little bit. But speaking from a purely uh, game perspective and, and focusing less on, on Stan Twitter's perspective, um, I think that if she can continue... Um, her kind of steady ascension in this game, it's going to be good. But I think if power is wrestled away from that alliance, or if that alliance, or if the new players start to target the old players and she can't sort of get out of the line of fire, um, it might hurt her. But I think right now she's in a good position to stay top tier. I mean, I think she's in one of the best positions, if not the best position in the house, um, gameplay wise. <laughs> but uh, I don't know about the uh, the rest. She's aligned with Franzel. That's not great for her, her reputation. I, felt. Um, I think like the thing is, is if she slays all of our faves and then goes out, you know, in the middle, like if she gets the first juror, for example, then I think she's taking a hit. Right. Oh. But if she slays all of our faves. And then it makes it to the end and wins. I mean, like, she did it. You know what I mean? She did it. Like, we have to love her. You know what I mean? She's going to be. And that's the thing. That's why I think we all loved her in Big Brother 13 was because she didn't care that we all loved Jeff and Jordan and Rachel and Brendan. You know, she didn't care. She wanted to align with Kalia. She wanted to take them out. She did. So that's who she is. And that's why I think we all love her. So I, I, I don't know. I don't see it falling unless, you know, she flames out. Well, I mean, interesting that you say first juror, because that's exactly where Netta went out, which yeah. is probably the worst place for her to do that. Uh, what do you think, Lubina? Yeah, um, when you say Netta, it just gives me the whole like Netta, Cindy vibe thing when she's talking about Nicole Anthony, because I feel like you cannot go after Nicole Anthony, especially right now. You can't say anything bad about her because it's 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 just going it, to it, it will tank her legacy if, like you guys are saying, she flops in the game, basically. So, but I mean, gameplay wise, she's in an amazing position. I totally agree. Um, but don't talk about Nicole Anthony. <laughs> yeah. If anyone says anything about Nicole Anthony, I'm full Beetlejuice appearing in their house. <laughs> right. Thank <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They're, they're saying your name three times, right? That's what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So, above Danny, we have Tyler Crispin. 
There he is. Um, in second place overall in the top tier, Tyler Crispin is, is makes sense to me. Um, he's he's recent. He played a legendary game. Um, he has a lot of fans. Uh, I was not surprised to see him uh, very high here. I honestly, I expect him to be a little bit lower because uh, as we've talked about, he does have his detractors. But um, but uh, but here he is, Nicole. Yeah, I think I expected him to be top tier. I mean, his game was phenomenal. I think my only thing is I think I just expected other people to be higher than him. So I think um, similarly to um, like Nicole Anthony or Devon, I think the placement was um, very comparative for me anyway. I would have expected other people to place a little higher than him. But he did play a phenomenal game, so I can totally understand where he stands. Um, I think his game right now is... um, He's being very, very careful, which I don't think is a bad thing, um, especially for someone like him who did have such a legendary game. I think making a bunch of moves, you know, right at the beginning would just totally put everyone's sights on him. So I think he's doing exactly what he should be doing. Yeah, He's in a uh, great spot. Phil, how do you feel about Trevor? Uh, Taylor, you mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, uh, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that Tyler is going to fall this season just because I I, I mean, I I don't see a way that Tyler, I mean, if Tyler makes it to the end, obviously God of the game, whatever. Right. But I don't see that happening. And I definitely see Tyler. He he ran Big Brother 20 for the most part. Right. I mean, you can't take that away from him. But also, like, I could just see him, you know, flopping this season and, you know, falling just because I don't know. He, his reputation is bigger than his actual gameplay. Yeah, I think that um, from what I remember in Big Brother 20 in the beginning, he was um, also playing pretty paranoid. Um, I think that the best word to describe him right now is just paranoid. And hopefully he can figure something out. But like we were talking about earlier when we were talking about the status of the house, um, I'm worried that the windows are closing for him to join up on a big alliance like he did last time. So hopefully you can figure something out um, because I do think that it's possible people might say, oh, he's overrated. Oh, he lost to Casey. Then he flopped in All-Stars. So maybe people could start pushing that narrative. But if he does better, I can, or if he wins, say, he could definitely go into the book. For me, it's God of the game, personally. Yeah. I, here's the thing about Tyler. I think that, like I said, he has his detractors. I think that Tyler is playing the game on a tightrope and there are a bunch of, uh, you know, hyenas, uh, a bunch of, a bunch of people just waiting, just champing at the bit, waiting for him to make a mistake, waiting yeah. for him to fall. And they're going to pounce on him and be like, see, see, you're not good. Are you Tyler? He sucks. He's so overrated. Um, and they're going to have ammunition, ammunition for it. And they're going to be like, yes, uh, we have you now, Tyler. Um, and I think that I, I think he will be dragged down this legacy tier list uh, if he does not perform impeccably. Um, and so I think he has uh, a decent uh, amount here to fall. But that's the other thing. I think that like a lot of people went into the season, you know, I mean, like back, like when the rumors were coming out in like June, like people thought that, you know, Paul and Derek and Dan were, you know, somehow going to be on the season and Tyler was going to be, you know, like kind of like under the radar a little bit. But now like Tyler is basically, I think like at least for the fans, people consider him playing like out of all the people in this cast, like the best game that they played in their previous season, maybe 
except for like mm-hmm. Ian or, or Franzel. So mm-hmm. I definitely just see like there's no way that Tyler is going to be able to like keep up with his reputation. Yeah. Which is why I think he's likely to fall, to be honest. Um, But of course, if Tyler wins this, I don't think it's a question. I think he's out of the game. Yes. Um, I think you can't make it as far as there is a handful of people in this game where you cannot make it as far as they did. And then if they won and not just got of the game, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Honestly, I think there's a sort of interesting situation. I think if Tyler gets second place again, he at best stays at the top tier. Yeah, but if he got third place, he might go to God of the Game. I hundred percent agree. I hundred percent. He'll be a rod god, you know, Rob Rob Goddess. You know, exactly. That, that's, that's what it is. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So, of course, finally, this leaves our top spots. Janelle, the queen. But where does Janelle fall? Which tier is Janelle going to land in? I bet oh, she doesn't make God of the Game. I'll bet be she mad. Doesn't do it. Janelle top tier is top tier. Yeah. yeah. I hate this. <laughs> I she hate came this. very close. It was a very close vote. She was just, she just was shy of God mm-hmm. of the game. Um, but there were just enough people that uh, did not feel that way about her, I guess. And she came up just short, which quite honestly, very appropriate. For Janelle to come just short of the uh, of the win here, um, but she is on top of the cast in terms of legacy. Uh, this is where I feel like uh, you know this is Janelle is one of the most popular people to ever come from the game. She is one of the faces of the franchise. She has played more than anybody else. Um, she is about to overtake, uh, to retake her uh, record from Paul in terms of most days played in the house. Um, it just, it's, this is Janelle. Um, she's, of course she's at the top here, Nicole. Oh yeah. I mean, even I didn't watch her first few seasons and just kind of being a newer fan of the show. I still knew who Janelle was. Like, she's one of those people who you, regardless of what seasons you've watched, you just kind of hear about. Same with, like, The Brigade. It just it has a legacy that speaks for itself. And I think moving forward, um, again, it's just going to depend on whether or not if she can claw herself out of this, similarly to Kaser, if she can, if she can just pull herself out of the position that she's in right now. But I think regardless... I don't know if it's going to send her down that far just because she has played this game so much and she is so beloved. I think even if she doesn't do well, even if she does get out pre-jury, I can't imagine her falling that far. Yeah, I mean, she was evicted first chance that she was able to be evicted in season 14 and she's still here. Uh, She's still at the top of this list. Uh, Lavina, where do you see this going? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say the Big Brother 14 point that you just pointed out um, is that she played a pretty weak game in Big Brother 14 and people still bow down to her feet. The queen, you know, when you think of who is the queen of Big Brother, Janelle, who is, you know, you think of female dominant players, it's Janelle. And I think that for that reason, I feel like I think she's the god of the game. I think she's right. I know that she hasn't won and she's been robbed multiple times but i just i feel like i don't know man when you think of gods of the game you think of you know dan Derek, and you know uh dr will and i feel like gotta have a woman in there it's janelle 
if, if it's anyone, it's Janelle. That's yeah. I, I definitely just think that like the people like the RHAP people who have voted on this list are definitely just very strategic oriented. They're not looking at the game uh, or they're looking, they're not looking at, you know, the show. They're just looking purely at the game, which of course I love. But I also think that, you know, cause that's the thing. I, I don't think that Janelle is a great player. I, I, I don't, she's a great co- competition winner. You know, she's a great iconic, like just iconic character, but you know, I, you know, Maggie was the best player, I think in big brother six. And, you know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, Will was the best player in big brother seven. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's definitely a little bit overrated, but, She's iconic. I mean, she has to be number one. She she just is Janelle. Like, that's the thing. That's what everyone's talking about in the house. Like, they're just starstruck at the fact that she's Janelle. Like, that's not going to go away, regardless of how she does in the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, winning the game is one thing, but I think it is a, it is a whole nother beast to win uh, the people's love and admiration. Um, and I think that buys you a whole different kind of longevity. I mean, you can look at Janelle, somebody who has played this game so many times, has not won once, um, and is so beloved versus someone like Nicole who has won the game and is just so feverishly hated. Like, it is two totally different things. And so I think her, her legend status is, um, is solid gold. How far does she need to get to, to break into Gods of the Game this season? Jury. Jury. Yeah, I think it's jury. That's, if she makes it to jury and she's in the jury house all summer, just fighting with people, drinking wine, like it's going to be the best. It's going to be like, come on, God of the game after that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she will. Uh, all right. So that's what we have here for the legacy watch next week. We'll have a new poll and you guys can correct the mistakes that you made this time. Yeah. Um, I want to see Devon in top tier. <laughs> um, and we'll see what kind of impact the game, this game, this all-star game has had on your opinions uh, over the course of the week. Um, so very interested to see how that plays out. Um, and that's uh, that's what we have for you for the first round table of the season um the veto is currently being played the feeds will come back sometime later tonight and we'll find out if Keisha's able to pull through but here's here's my problem is that i look at Keisha and i'm like i don't want Keisha to go already like i want to see Keisha but so then it's like okay so what do i want Kevin to go? No, I don't want Kevin to go. I want to see right. Kevin. He's so sweet. I want to. He's, he's great. I want to see Kevin. Okay, so I gotta. I gotta wish. Hopefully, Keisha wins the veto, and then we can take out somebody else. But Nicole. that's Nicole Anthony. I know. <laughs> I don't want anyone to go home. I just want it. I want it. I want us to have more time with everybody. I feel like every week. Every week is just going to be like this. I. We got to prepare for it. I'm. Oh. I went through it with winners at war. I think, you know, mm-hmm. we all, we come on, we gotta, we gotta do this. We, we know our faves are going to go home, but I mean, I still, I'm, I still personally believe that they're going to just do camp comeback just to keep everybody in the house. But I don't know. Well, we will see. We will see. Oh yeah. I mean, to be in sequester for two weeks to, to get out first. I mean, they're going <laughs> to, they're, yeah, gonna get they're the paying most, them like 40 K each. So they're uh, getting the most bang yeah. out of their buck that they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like look. Maybe they're gonna lock them all in the in the HOH room. And be like, you're evicted. Well, you're still in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that camp comeback hindered gameplay in season twenty one, but 
We want to see that. <laughs> like if there's ever a season, I would accept it so that I can see more of these people. May- yeah. Maybe. But like, here's the thing that happened, though. And this is sort of like Edge of Extinction, too, on Survivor. Like, OK, they might not leave the house, but like that. What are they doing? Like if Keisha, if Keisha stays and she's in Camp Comeback, like what kind of impact is she really going to have? Like she's probably just going to be hanging around like the camp comeback people did. They just kind of hanging around. Um, so I don't know. I don't know they, if I can as a cosign. They just got to give them alcohol. They just need to give all the camp <laughs> comeback people alcohol, and then you and know, only the, they can have it. That's the thing, and then it'll, the season will just pop off. It will sure for sure hinder the gameplay, and I would not be excited to see it. But at the same time, they're all just fighting. Like if Janelle goes out week two and she's just like chilling for the rest of the season, just like fighting with people, like I'm all in. Like, let's I want it. that. <laughs> I want to see the Janelle versus Bo fight part two with someone else. Please. <laughs> she told the story uh, about how she like, she hid like a ton of alcohol. Like tequila, right? She yeah. took it and she hid it. And then, and then yeah. yeah, after they got rid of, uh, of Kaser or Howie or whoever, um, she, uh, she was just like, I just drank it all. She called everyone <laughs> dumb wars. I love it. I love it. Polyester um, hair. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, so that's great because that's what I do sober. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Janelle has been, by the way, just like spilling all of all of the tea about everything. Um, she oh, talked yeah. about how in season fourteen, um, Mike Boogie told her later that he snuck a cell phone into uh, Sequester and read the bios of all the players, um, and uh, like that's like how he made his picks, um, and that's how he knew that Daniel Murphy was really a nurse, um, and like all Gosh. of those things, um, and it's uh, so, like. Like it's she's been very fun. She's been very fun to uh, to watch. Um, but uh, but that's that's what we have for you tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. I hopefully you enjoyed the show. Um, Nicole, what are you up to? Where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok for as long as we have it. Nicole Mains on everything. And you can catch me hopefully in 2021 on the CW season six of Supergirl is coming back until then. Seasons one through five are on Netflix. Season four is where it starts really getting good. <laughs> um, and then on Amazon, iTunes, Voodoo, and Fandango, I have a new movie, Bit, which is about um, feminist vampires in Los Angeles. Lots of blood, blood orgies, lots of gays. It's a whole bunch of fun. I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of good things combined. That sounds great. <laughs> I'm giving you the content you need to get through the rest of rest of COVID. Yes, <laughs> truly. Um, Lavina, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LPABS with two S's. That's the place I'm mostly active on. All right. And Phil? Yeah, I'm definitely not doing cool stuff like Nicole, but you can follow me. <laughs> Boys, you don't have there. a new movie coming out? Well, you know, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at PNTJRX. I am rarely tweeting, but still follow me just for, to make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, you can, of course, find me on Twitter at Armstrong Taren and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taren Armstrong. I will be back tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern to update you everything that happens today and tonight when these feeds come back for the veto, uh, from the veto um, on the live feeds. And then tomorrow night, we will have a recap of the Sunday night episode after it airs. I'm not entirely sure when it's supposed to air, but we'll We'll be there eventually. Um, and then Tuesday night, 
part two of the roundtable this week. Uh, the stock watch will be back. We will rate each player uh, out of 10 how they're doing in the game. Uh, I also got you guys to rate the players based on their gameplay alone prior to the season. So we'll have a little bit of a comparison there. Um, if you are interested in playing in the Stockwatch this season, you can go to realitystockwatch.com uh, and, you know, make an account there to prepare. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with it, how we've played the Stockwatch in the past is that you have like uh, we've had people manually uh, like write down people's buying and selling things. Now there's a website that does it because there's some uh, excellent, amazing uh, web developer people who have uh, helped us out and created it for us. So, um it's great. Check it out. And we'll see you then. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.